And now, Merry Christmas. Jesus Christ, a thumbs down already? Well, I guess Jonathan Becker is watching. Oh, here we go. Hey now, boys and girls, Merry Christmas, one and all. Hope you guys had an amazing holiday. Got everything from Santa that you wanted. Did you get something special, Jerk, that you wanted in particular? Perhaps of the pin variety. Um, You know what? No pins came my way this year. However, uh, there are a handful of other things that I got that I was surprised that the giver knew I would dig the hell out of, I guess, if that makes sense. <laughs> Sweet. So, yeah, very, very good day. Very, you know, very fortunate, very blessed. So, you know, very happy, uh, you know, with everything. Killer. Well, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, I don't even know all the all of them. Kwanzaa. What, uh, I, I happy Kwanzaa. Happy Festivus. Oh, um, uh, yep, for the rest of us. Uh, happy Sunday, if you don't celebrate anything. Oh, that's right. Perfect. So welcome back to the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist. I get to sit here and do my ramble. It's Christmas, so let's have some fun. We might just do a quick show and then just go hit Discord. We're not sure. <laughs> I am unsure. Remains to be seen. But remember, hit the subscribe button. If you want, follow us on social media. You don't have to. It's all good. You can keep us commercial by, free by using the Super Chat or hit us up on Venmo. That's always cool because... Uh, Nobody wants to put the brakes and do ad reads. Am I right? Nobody. Nobody carries our water. <laughs> All right. Two weeks. Two weeks. I mean, two games. Hello. <laughs> All right. Steven, you spiked my eggnog? Right. Uh, two of four points were picked up versus the Flames in the wild. 335 games. Sharks have 28 points. Seventh in the division. 29th out of 32 in the league. Uh, Chicago doing all they can to uh, keep Bedard locked up, eh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the shark as bad as the Sharks have been this year, everybody else is bad, right? And so, I don't know. It, it just feels like no matter how shitty the Sharks play, they can't seem to make up any ground in worst team in the league territory. Yeah, they can't be worse than Anaheim, Columbus, or Chicago. And suddenly, like, Arizona looks like a team to be messing with. Like, where did that come from? <laughs> well, what? you know, it, it is Christmas, and, you know, every... <laughs> Having you know, no, every, fan, no fans makes you cranky. Everybody gets a gift every now and again. I guess so. Let's be honest. Dude. There's no way he doesn't go to Chicago, right, Bedard? I mean, the, la the and the reason why I say this, the last time a Pacific <clears throat> time zone team got the number one pick, the Maple Leafs were the reigning cup champs, bro. Sure, it's a fair point. And, and aside from that, the only time a Pacific Division team has gotten the number one pick was in 2010, 2011, 2012, and 2015. Four times in six years, and that was all the Oilers. Well, and you want to know something even funnier? What's that? So three of those four times that you just referenced, mm -hmm. only one of them were the Oilers actually in the Pacific Division. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that just pisses me off even so more. It, makes you, it really makes you think. You know? <laughs> yeah, dude. There's no way Bedard is going to Anaheim or San Jose, no matter if they both lose. To the, somehow yeah. Chicago's going to get it. They're going to be like, uh, yeah, big name. Yeah, I think we kind of want him going to a big market. Yeah, it really makes you put the finger to the old head there. Ugh. <laughs> Don't pick the cold golf or ping pong ball. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, we started off with the week with Hurdle getting a two-game suspension for high-sticking Lindholm. Uh, should he have just dropped the gloves instead of, like, taking that hack? I understand. He was pissed off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I go back and forth, right? Because on the one hand, you know, I think Hurdle definitely de- de- um, deserved the suspension. I mean, it was a it was a slash on the side of the head, right? You're not going to get many people unless you're, you know, dumb. Marty that, McSorley. That is, that is going to, you know, look at that and say, oh, it's perfectly fine. But <laughs> at the same time, right, I kind of feel like given the circumstances, the situation around the game, obviously you don't want Lindholm to get hurt or get chopped on the head. But based on the situation, you know – he was going to have something coming his way, right? Yeah, unless, like I said, unless McSorley is the head of DOPS. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not saying it isn't warranted, but I've seen more egregious penalties get less supplemental discipline or even sure. none at all. I mean, dude, 600 games played, no history, and he gets two games. Lindholm doesn't even miss a shift, and he scored twice. Like, right. I don't know. Se- seemed a little a little sketch to me on that. Um, Brody, however, of course, who <laughs> Brody lost his shit on Twitter. Is Shimmick and Sturm took intent? Well, he puts parenthetically intentional head hits, knocked them out for games. They got no discipline. Hurdle makes a mistake after getting cross checked twice, takes a whack <sighs> at Lindholm's shoulder, and somehow gets two games. This is okay. I know that Brody's a friend of the show, but that is one of the lamest homerist things I've ever read. <laughs> like honestly, a guy who like, like covers the home team as a homer. The hell you say? Well, okay, but here's here's the thing. Okay, when you slash a guy, first of all, it did not hit him in the shoulder. It was towards the side of the head. No, he's, he he was saying that he was aiming for the shoulder and he glanced up. Okay, but but even then, yeah, you have to when, have control of your shit. Well, but not even not even that. It, like, let's just to make it extremely simple. If you're aiming for anything, then it's not a mistake. You did it on purpose, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, am I? You know what I mean? So it's like, you, you know, I don't know how a two-handed slash, oh, a two-handed downward motion slash, like, oh, up and over, down. I don't understand how that's a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a choice. That has to be lived with. And look, the Sharks went one and one. So ultimately, who cares, right? Like, I don't, I didn't see a problem. And I know, I know Ian kind of got into the weeds on Twitter a little bit with people. But again, like, there's, you know, like, there's no defending what transpired, right? Like, I just, I I love the way you phrase that, though. Like, it's a, which part? Just the way you said, it's a choice. It was. I know, but it was just kind of like, I, like right there in that moment, you embodied everything I felt about the Sharks acquiring Mikel Butker. So it's a choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Jury's still out on what kind of choice, but a, ch- a choice. Yeah, you feel me. I got uh, you. Uh, Luke Cunning 
has ACL surgery Who? effectively ending his season. Is anybody going to notice, you think? You know, it, I mean, obviously, to be a cynic, right? Like, obviously, we know Cunning wasn't really bringing a whole lot to the team. But at the same time, you know, the worst way to try and get out of a funk is to not play. And so <laughs> many people on, are and saying. On, and on top of that, like to have an injury like that, like it does legitimately suck for him, you know. So I guess all you can really do is just hope that next season he comes back and, you know, wants to stick it to you and I, essentially. Oh, I, hey, the, there's a, some history between the Sharks sticking it to us when we have things to say. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, the 25-year-old center slash winger does have one year left after this season, so... I guess we'll see what happens if he's able to come back. But with Cunning out, who's going to eat those minutes? Is it Noah Gregor? Gregor, Gregor, Gregor. I mean, because, you know, Cunning started on the top line. He's played bottom six for the, I don't know, the last, what, 20-some-odd games. This is uh, Gregor time, right? And with Gregor with one year, or he's on his last year, this is definitely, I feel, kind of a shit or get off the pot kind of year. Right, absolutely. I mean, I've I've kind of been saying it all along that, you know, I I have openly wondered if he gets traded at the deadline just because of you know room for players and you know all that kind of jazz, right? But you know, he he came in. I mean, obviously, Cunning didn't play against Calgary, but we didn't get that injury clarity until the game against Minnesota, and and Gregor had a goal, so. You know, I, I, I think it's waste way too early to say whether or not this is a sign of things to come. But when, you know, when you're the next man up and you score, it certainly helps. You would think as well that Gregor might get a little bit more rope just because obviously Cunning being out, but Gregor getting more rope just because it's it's been proven so far. And we'll get into this a little bit more further into the into the evening. But it's pretty clear that anybody who is offensively gifted with the with the Barracuda are not getting the call up. Right, and we've been talking about that all along. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's just there's just no room, regardless of what you think of these players. There's no room right yes. now. So ask ask us again on March third. <laughs> oh sure. <laughs> you know what but, I mean? Yeah. So Gregor, brother, man. I mean, so much speed. Just <laughs> <Please>. work. <laughs> yeah, I beg of you, man. Just finish. Oh. Uh, a tale of two games this week. Calgary blow just essentially blew San Jose's doors off in the first thirty seconds, uh, and then versus the Wild, Eric Carlson scores in forty four seconds. Kind of sets the tone on their way into the holiday break. So let's start with the uh, Calgary game. Of course, Hurdle is suspended for this one. <laughs> Ay, ay, Magna, a healthy scratch. Were you a little surprised by that? Was there something about Magna's game versus the Calgary in the first game on Sunday that you were kind of like, yeah, maybe he needs to uh, ride the pine for a night? No, honestly, I was actually, I was legitimately surprised. I do. When I saw he was, he was when I saw he was scratched, I'm like, he must be hurt. And then, yeah, yeah no, same, honestly. Yeah. I'm like, and then healthy scratch. What? Just because he's he's played well with Carlson, right? So mm -hmm. you 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 kind of think like you'd think he would be the one who sticks in, right? But I don't know. Of course, obviously, as we would see in the Minnesota game, that decision would end up getting reversed. But it, that was one of the more quizzical ones for me. Well, I I think it was just a bad game. I think sure. I, I think it was, or I'm sorry, I, I think it was Quinn 
trying to hold Magna accountable for the first game against Calgary? Because if you look at it, Magna didn't have the best stats. Sure. But uh, that's the only but couldn't thing. You, couldn't you say that about a lot of guys? Hey, hello. Thank you. But, you know, <laughs> it's, it's easier to sit the guy that, you know, only is only making six figures, not seven. It's fair. So I don't like it, but it's fair. Yeah. Uh, and to talk about guys that are making a lot of money that didn't have a good game. Mark Edward Vlasic. This was not a good game from Mark Edward Vlasic. <laughs> uh, Chief was dash three. There was only one other player on the team that was dash three. Guess you guessed it, Oscar Lindblom. <laughs> hey, you know what though? You talk about sticking it. He kind of stuck it to you this week, did he not? He got he got a goal with a goalie in the net. Uh, dude, <laughs> I was as shocked as anybody. You know, so he kind of stuck it to you a little bit. No, I appreciate. It. I wish you would stick it a little bit more. Yeah. Wait a minute. I feel like we're going down a weird hole. <laughs> But the storyline for this game, to me, is just this team, and I understand they're trying to change the culture. And it seemed like it was kind of driven home very hard at the beginning of the season is that we are changing the culture and we're going to be this bare-knuckled, really tough team to play against. We might lose, but you're going to feel it on the plane ride home. And, dude, this team still has moments where – they're trying to act as if they're a finesse team. They pass up chances to drill guys with the puck. They pass up shots looking for a prettier shot. And it, uh, you know, <laughs> somebody sent a quote from, um, what was it? Herb Brooks, right? And it mm-hmm. sums it up perfectly. This team doesn't have enough talent to win on talent alone. It's a great quote. Right? So... When I see them trying to play that finesse stuff, I just kind of go, what the hell are you guys doing? Like, you need to be knuckle draggers right now. You and, and too many times, like I said, I get I do get a little frustrated when I see some opposing player just skate through guys and you just see the, the half-ass sticking out of a stick hoping that it annoys the guy flying by. And, right. And, you know, instead of actually laying the body. But... The one thing that stood out for this game, at least for Nico Sturm, is he said that this was a team that looks scared and afraid to make a mistake. We'll start, obviously. I just thought our overall effort today was was probably pretty embarrassing. I think the first time this season where we as a group have to look in the mirror and say that, uh, you know, We've lost games, obviously, this season, but I thought the effort was always there, you know. And today, I thought for the first time, we just looked we looked scared at times. And, um, yeah, that was, especially at home, that was unacceptable. Being down 2 nothing after, I don't know, what, 15 seconds or whatever, it certainly doesn't help, right? You don't have any confidence with the puck when you get it. Guys are scared to make the next mistake, being down 3 nothing. Um, that's probably it, yeah. Right, honestly, we probably had no business being in that game, to be honest with you. Uh, Rhymes kept us in it. I, I thought it was unbelievable today. Gave us a chance to get some points when he probably didn't deserve any. And um, it didn't take advantage of a, of a, of a good goalie uh, performance. Just trying to do. So, anyway. I mean, I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but 
I mean, I don't know. Holy hell, dude. That's, I mean, a game we shouldn't have even been in. I mean, but here, here's what I want to say, though. Say it. <laughs> Taps to Sturm, for being yeah. honest and not giving the cliche, you know, well, we, we didn't get pucks deep and we did you know, this, this the nonsensical cliche. The, the thing that really makes you not want to talk to players you know what I mean? Because right. yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's just going to be the same. They're, they're never going to tell you how the sausage is made. So to hear Sturm be that honest was so refreshing. Uh, well, but- and what I found to be interesting speaking on that note, right, is I feel like sort of for generally speaking i don't you know i don't want to i don't want to point anyone out but generally speaking point it it see it 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 kind of feels like maybe to a degree on on average the younger generation is less talkative we'll say you know a bit more <laughs> a bit maybe a bit more reserved Dude, and you, you you reminded you reminded me of a favorite quote that I came across like in the last month or so mm-hmm. when it had to do with like taking polls and it said the younger generation that you're referring to would sooner pick up a pinless grenade than an unidentified caller. <laughs> it's very accurate. I mean, as someone who's part of the younger generation, yeah, hundred percent. But again, you know, and I, and I sort of had a very interesting sort of, you know, take a seat and think about it moment, you know, I feel like the way Nico Sturm carries himself, right. And the kind the type of player he is, you sort of just, you sort of just assume that he's like another, I don't want to say random, but just another sort of veteran player been there for a while kind of guy. He's younger than me (laughs) and I'm the young guy. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, so I was like, Oh, huh. Okay. Interesting. And when it comes to interfacing with the media, a little bit of a Cogliano in there. Yeah, totally. Cogs was definitely very talkative guy. Yeah, and and quite honest, wasn't going to sugarcoat stuff. So I, I certainly appreciated that. But like as to what you said about hearing this all before earlier in the season, after losing five straight, Sturm said we're supposed to change the culture. We haven't done anything. I I don't know that that much has changed. It when Schimmick, at least someone sees it though, right? <laughs> When Shimmick took that elbow, right from Shaw, do, do you right. do you rem, do you remember much of a response? I don't. No. And then on top of that, Svechnikov got need. How was by, that? By, by Shaw. I wonder who. Oh, Shaw. Huh. <laughs> and Makes how, you think. It was the the well. In I don't know that you were going to see much response in that one, just because Shaw doing his best Peter Griffin after that on this. Yeah, he really he really sold that one. It's funny because they they even up. showed they even showed the replay. Like, you look, he knees Svechnikov. They both go down, and then uh, Shaw takes a peek towards the referee, and then oh, starts dude. wincing in pain. Let's take a look at it right now. I mean, brings up his leg, jumps, thrusts up, jumps up, put throws his hands up in the throw your hands in the air, but. Dude, I I mean, you look at this and, and the the post game bullshit that he tried to sell. But it's oh, I was just taking my line and I didn't change anything. And it's like, 
no, nobody was talking about your line, what line you were skating on. I think it was the fact that just out of nowhere, you decide to bring your right leg up. Well, not only that, but what is he talking about line changes when he's very clearly not near the bench? No, no, no. I'm saying that like changing the direction to oh, create, yeah, to, to create more of a collision. But it's just, just the seeing him lift his leg up. I mean, and dude, a little close to getting the boys there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it, but then thrusting upward, leaving the ice. And what's this? Throw your hands in the air. <laughs> but when he comes down, it was very much, ah. <laughs> Give me a break. Ah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Quinn was asked, what did you think of Vlasic's game? Quinn says, yeah, he was solid. Again, I point out, he was dash three, one of two that were dash three. I did not think Vlasic was solid. Now, here's the one that, well, you know what? Let's let's hear from Quinn post-game, and then we'll get to uh, what's probably the funniest quote of the night. Well, you know, obviously early on, I mean, we just give the puck away both goals, first two shifts, uh, just big turnovers and end up in the back of our net. And then I thought after that, we really played tentative. You know, you're on your heels, you're playing a good, fast team. And, you know, we get the goal to make it 2-1 to one and hang around. They make it 3-1. to one. Then obviously the goal at the end of the second gives us some life. And I thought we played a good third period. I mean, you stand here and you look at the score, but with three and a half minutes to go, it's 4-3, to three, you know. And the fourth and fifth goal, we get two unbelievable chances off the rush. They go down and score. So, you know, I'm proud of the way we competed after we got the second goal. I thought our third period was good. I thought we showed some fight, but, you know, just just not Start enough. the game like that, boy, that can really take the wind out of your sails and be demoralizing, especially, you know, we lost you know, two nights ago. And obviously with our record and our, you know, the, the, the tough start we've had to the season, it all adds up. And, you know, you got to keep fighting the mental end of it. you got to be mentally tough. And, you know, I thought we showed that in the third period. I mean, we didn't quit. We come back. We get a, you know, 3-3. We have some great chances to make it 4-3 to on our end. We have a great power play opportunity. And like I said, we get a clear-cut two-on-one uh, right before they make it. We have a chance to make it 4-3. to We get a breakaway to make it 4-3. You know, we, we don't capitalize on our chances, and they capitalize on theirs when the game was on the line. That really is the difference tonight, and we were able to survive the first two periods when they were clearly the better team. So, And that happens in this league. You know, you're going to go through stretches where you you, know, you don't play that well, and you know, can you turn it around? And I thought we turned it around. You thought you turned it around? You lost by four goals. Accurate. <laughs> I mean, do what you need, but okay. <laughs> Drew... On the broadcast, Drew, <laughs> on the broadcast, points out that some people, so, so many people at the tank were rightfully booing the team early in the game. Bro, Drew, we don't want to lose you a second time. Don't point out the negatives like that. They don't like that. They don't like that in Germany. <laughs> don't do that. Three stars of this one, Lindholm, Meyer, and Kadri. I'm not sure how Lucic and Rasmus Anderson don't factor in. Both plus three, both clearly factors. Uh, attendance in this one, 10-431, third lowest this season. Uh, my money is March 14th, which is a Tuesday versus Columbus. We'll break that record. Sure. We'll see. Uh, unless unless uh, a new promotion comes out or unless, uh, I don't, the Sharks are going to get, oh, here you go, dude. The Sharks need to give out miniature 3D center-hung scoreboards. Huge, <laughs> huge. 
I'm here. Send me a free one, guys. <laughs> so after what was pretty embarrassing night versus Calgary, uh, they, they try to turn it around. A, a scotch. Reimer would go again. Does that kind of cool off Kakinen going this long without getting a start? Uh, I would, I think maybe to a degree only because, and we had talked about it, right? Where when you're, when you're struggling, if you have a bad night, all you want is the next chance to sort of redeem yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when you're going, you know, two, three, four games between starts, like, it's very easy to see why someone might get a little stir crazy, you know, waiting for their next chance to get the net, you know, dude, big time. Uh, I mean, with the holiday break, I was, I was a little quizzical. I think part of it, I was kind of, I understand that maybe Quinn wants Reimer to try to find his mojo. Maybe he doesn't want Reimer to sit with that seven, three Calgary, ugh, seven, three Calgary, everybody <laughs> seven, three <laughs> Calgary doesn't want him to sit with that loss over the break. Sure. It's fair. But again, Kakinen sitting for that long, it's like, okay, let's see how it goes. But Minnesota comes in this into this one just on a tear, dude. Six-game win streak, and they were 10-2 and two over their last 12 coming in. Weird one about this, Magnus slots back in. Shimmick the healthy scratch. Do you think there was something that I don't know that Quinn saw from Shimmick or maybe didn't see from Shimmick versus Calgary and said, Oh, you know what? Maybe you're the odd man out tonight. You know, it, it almost kind of feels like maybe we're just at that point in the season where we're just changing all, chess pieces. Yeah. It's all, it's all about tinkering, you know, just like, okay, <laughs> Moving well, the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. It, <laughs> right. It's kind of like, okay, well, you know, we've been doing this for a while. Why don't we see what happens? You know, I don't really know. I don't want to, not that there's no thought behind it, but I just more so like, you know, as we've talked about, you know, it's not like, it's not like the sharks have some winning combination that's been working for them. Right. So it's like, you might as well just do not a random jumble, but you might as well try things out, you know, a wordle, if you will. Sure. All right. Special teams were a bit of a story in this one, the power play for the sharks two for six. Now it should be noted because context matters. One of those was an empty netter from LeBanc at the end of the game. The other one came during a five-minute major, but still <laughs> still counts. <laughs> uh, the Wild got 58 seconds of five on three, and somehow the Sharks still went perfecto on their penalty kill. So special teams coming along. To start this, Barabanov almost gives it away at the blue line. Like that was a just a hair from going breakaway the other way, but somehow finds Magna who finds EK on the back door. It's one, nothing 44 seconds in and dude, this game five, five to two victory. The, the four goals on the man net, I pretty sure like every one of them came from like a backdoor play. That's kind of what it felt like. It, it seemed like you were seeing that move quite a bit, you know? Yeah, I'm like, hey, that that seems to be working for you. Maybe practice that a little scotch more. <laughs> I mean, dude, when it's Magna feeding Carlson on the back door. Like, <laughs> that was nice. Oh, dude, it was so nice, but I'm just kind of like, um, I thought this is what the forwards get paid to do, but okay. <laughs> and hey, you know what? As, as long as it goes in, right? Oh, absolutely. But to 
to now counterpoint that, we're talking about the defense getting in deep. Bro, Eric Erickson Eck took advantage of that. Got behind the defense, took a lob pass, and went five-hole. Dude, Reimer, I thought, was going to just, I don't know. I, to, to quote you, pick up the net and throw it at somebody. <laughs> he seemed to be pissed off, and for good reason. Right, and, uh, you know, I feel like there was a lot of time for him to sort of read Erickson Eck, and maybe he... You know, maybe he felt like he did read him well enough, and then the puck still went in, you know? Mm-hmm. So the the story, at least for, well, I don't know. I, I guess I want to say the story for Jerk in this game, of course, is that Gregor, back on the back door, buries the rebound from who? EK65, I-O! <laughs> <laughs> Boom. 2-1 lead. You got to love that. But then again, you know, we get the whole Shaw hit on Svechnikov, which we already covered. Uh, just, again, him trying to milk it and then cover for it afterwards. It's I would have loved if there was a mic on the ice on that. But because, <laughs> yeah, dude, those post-game quotes that Shaw had, I'm like, I swear to God, he's having his agent FedEx these or fax them or text them or whatever to DOPS. Yeah. I would say facts because DOPS does seem like they're kind of stuck in the a few decades back. I don't know. I still call bullshit, man. There's zero reason to lift your right leg in that. Anyway, uh, Meyer scores one on a five minute power play, but they did get a lot of backdoor looks. So, hey, maybe the five minute power play helped just at least get some practice. But just after the story for me, of course, Oscar Lindblom. Just after the penalty expires, goes what? Back door, baby. <laughs> well, and that and and I feel like, you know, I know he he kind of, you know, we we're talking about redeeming yourself, right? He he didn't look so hot uh, in the game against Calgary, but Eric Carlson had his fingerprints all over this game in oh. a positive way. Oh, hell yeah. And so it's kind of like you know, like you, you watch every single goal, right? Lindblom and the Gregor goal and Timo Meyer and all of them was just like a coming off of a laser from Eric Carlson, right? And, and and going back to what you said about taking the backdoor play, like, and it sounds easy and it sounds obvious, right? But if they're going to give you something, take it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, don't look that gift horse in the mouth. Say thank you very much. That'll do. Yeah, thank you, sir. <laughs> May I have another? <laughs> uh, Boldy would score with five seconds left in the second. A lot of people said, oh, that looks like goalie interference. The Sharks don't challenge because, I mean, let's be honest, if it would not have resulted in w- what they wanted, it would have been a lengthy five-on-three for the Wild. It appeared for well, also it wasn't goalie in. interference. I'm sorry? It also wasn't goalie interference. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but the fact that it's like, oh, we, we didn't do it because it looked like uh, Ferraro pushed him in. And I'm like, oh, are we finally acknowledging that? You know, <laughs> the, 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 the best defenseman on the team, right? Right. And it's, oh, are we going to start, I don't know, like acknowledging the instigator penalty? What's going on here? <laughs> like, give me a break. But Shaw on the hit, the, 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 the quotes were great. It's like Shaw on the Svechikov name, someone who's had three ACLs, that's my last intent to take someone's knee out. I feel bad because that put our team in a very bad spot and ultimately is the difference in this game. I don't know about that, but 
I mean, they scored one goal, but whatever. Shaw, I didn't change my angle. I stayed on pretty much the exact same line where I finished the hit. He tries to get out of the way. I hope he's all right, obviously. I see he came back in the game. Dude, that right there. I see he came back in the game. I was like, uh, DOPS, don't, don't, you know, don't tase me, bro. Yeah, relevance, like you still, it was still a dirty hit, right? And 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 even let's just, to play devil's advocate, let's say it was an accident. You know, it doesn't change the fact that on recording, you leapt into the air and need someone. Like, <laughs> hello, right? You know, like regardless of whether or not you did it on purpose or not, like it still happened, you know? Yeah, but here's Quinn on Ooh. everything <laughs> that happened with Ferraro. On the goalie interference. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was goalie interference. I, the number one reason I didn't challenge it, I just liked the way we were playing. I didn't, I didn't have any worries that, I, I, I had zero worries at four to two that we weren't going to win this hockey game. And I'm not being disrespectful in Minnesota. I just felt like we were in such a good mindset and the way we were playing, and I just didn't think it was worth it. I thought, okay, they got their one. Our kill's been great. We'll kill the rest of this other one off and get back to work and that's exactly how it unfolded and uh, it was just the way we you know I just felt like we were in such a good spot I didn't think it was worth it to challenge it now maybe if it was a different scenario I might have if I didn't if I thought we needed a spark and it was you know we could take the chance uh, but I, I just didn't feel that way the way the game was evolving I'm sorry I call bullshit <laughs> if you call that there and you're wrong you're having to deal with a five on three I think that could have been the rest of what he said. Absolutely. But uh, for most people, they looked at it and said, yeah, you, you're not going to make that unless it is so absolutely definitive. And let's be honest, goalie interference. Is there a more judgmental thing to be, to, to be called in the league? No, I mean, it's literally for the longest time. It was a judgment call by the referees, which is why everybody sort of freaked out. Oh, anytime there was a situation where it happened. And now to sort of eliminate that, you know, they put it in the hands of the situation room, but again, it's still a judgment call, you mm -hmm. know? So a four point night from Eric Carlson, fourth one this season kind of drives home. That victory sends the sharks to the holiday break on a nice note. And Lynn Blom, did the zero bump finally work, Jerk? Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> I I don't want to say finally because it, it 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 it's got a pretty good track record, I would say. Right now, uh, the again the back door worked for the Sharks. Hopefully, that's something that they add to their game plan a little bit more often. On the wild side, I thought Dumba played a terrible game. I thought he did some. He kind of let the sharks, or at least a couple sharks, get into his head. Meanwhile, the guy that you would expect to get into people's head, Ryan Reeves, was a complete non-factor in this one. Um, but Quinn, for the most part, liked what he saw against Minnesota. But how can you say that you didn't like something when you take a victory, right? And the thing I really liked tonight was, you know, we managed the puck extremely well. I thought our third, we managed the lead very well. There was just a lot to like about our game, and. Uh, I'm just really proud of them and happy for them, you know, to, it was a tough two games, you know, you get the point in LA and you come back and not really happy with not only the results, but the way we played against Calgary and, you know, to face a really good team the way we did tonight and play the way we did and get the result we did. It's uh, very satisfying. Santa lives. <laughs> <laughs> 
Three stars in this one, of course. Eric Carlson is number one. Timo Meyer, number two. Nick Benino. No, Nick Benino. Is that right? Nico in Sturm, the... Nick Benino. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> More eggnog, Stephen. So, attendance over this one, 13,128. Let's get into some other things now. Shang, our buddy Shang. If you're listening, happy holidays, sir. He had a nice article this week, and it talked about a suffering of crisis of confidence for the Sharks, basically detailing that this team just doesn't have enough, and they can't do anything to change it right now. Now, we told you months and months ago, we talked about this, Jerk and I, that it would get worse before it gets better. And so here we are. I'm, I'm, I'm still not buying that this team will circle the wagons when shit goes ass up sometimes. I've, I've just seen it too many times. Other teams get away with dumb puckery and not much of any response. Let's, uh, let's just look at the lineups. Here's, here's opening night, right? From a season ago. Not terrible, but better. Than, than what they currently have? Yeah. Okay, but this 20, that's that's what they started with, right? So you see Eklund in there, but sure. the departure, you're like losing Dolan. Okay, what did you replace him with? I guess LeBanc in that spot? Or Nieto, technically. Yeah. Uh, Balser, well, Nieto's still in here on this line. Right, I mean, but Nieto was card. moved up. But Nieto had been moved up for a minute. I got you. Uh, I mean, Peterson, obvious addition by subtraction. Hey, you know, you know what though? He's I don't know if you've checked him out lately. Dude, he's, the, he's found it. <laughs> dude, well, yeah, like him and Stefan Mason. Right. But you're like, what the hell have you guys been drinking over the holidays? <laughs> but how would it end up? Well, now you got Nieto on the top line. Are you kidding? Oh man, that third <laughs> line that third line from last year, I really wish we could have seen more of that. Oh, I was hope. Remember, we were talking about the killer bees, Balsers, yeah. Bordalo, and Barabanov. Well, and 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 just again from a, you know, from somebody who has dabbled in roster construction, like how do you not flip Nieto and Dolan there, right? Well, but that's the thing they did. <laughs> Dolan's <laughs> on the top line to open the open it last game of the season. I mean, what? Right, but you know, I, I and we kind of talked about, you know, like Dolan got a little bit of a jam job, you know. Oh, dude, dude, how much time did on the power play did Balsers get? <laughs> Bagel. So to start the lineup this year, is it is it that different than last year? Really? Hmm, a little bit. I mean. I mean, you got a handful of new guys in there: Cunning, Lindblom, Lorenz, Sturm, Harrington. Harrington. You talk. I'll tell you this though, dude. You talk about a guy. You know, it, it seems like everybody on the Sharks has seen their stock tumble. You talk about a guy whose stock has grown. Fucking Nico Sturm. Oh, dude. You starting on the like, like I know, like, like started on the fourth line and then moved his way up to the third line. And I think on a Stanley Cup team, he belongs in either of those spots, but. The way the Sharks have been going, like, how long before Sturm is on Couture's wing? Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. Did that happen yet? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, like, the last real lineup card. This is obviously before Hurdle's suspension. But, 
I mean, dude, Cunning went from top line to bottom line to injured. Uh, I mean, it's just Svechnikov went to being waved to, yeah, go ahead, stick around. We don't care. And let me ask you this. We, you talk about like how last season started and how it ended. Dude, I mean, you went from Ferraro Burns, Middleton Carlson, Vlasic Shimmick, Ferraro Burns, and then Magna Malage, Vlasic Merkley. Oof. So my my question to you, good sir, if you had it to do over again, are you moving Middleton for Kakinen? Yes. Show your work. Um. Okay. I'll 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 answer your question with a question. Oh, query my query. And then there's no context. It's just simple. It's a it's just a simple pick'em. Would you rather have as much as we love Jake Middleton as a player or as a person? Would you rather have a defenseman that grows on trees, or would you rather have a guy who could be your starting goalie of the future? There you go. I think you've answered your own question. Again, we love Jake Middleton on this podcast. Great player, great person, great mustache, all that stuff. But he's a, like, he, he, that's a guy you can find. I, I kind of feel like they already have. His name's Magna. <laughs> to a degree, yeah. Right? So, so I, 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 I think it was fine. <laughs> I and, and again, I know, again, the, the body of their work this year I'm sure has people rolling my rolling their eyes anytime I talk about how great of a goalie Capo Kakinen is, but <laughs> hasn't been you know, great. I, but I, I, but I, you know, like I don't I don't know what to say other than just wait. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like Aiden Hill didn't exactly exactly light the world on fire last season with the with San Jose. Last time I looked, doing all right in Vegas. Well, and and not only that, but you know, as I, as I had uh, as I had mentioned a week ago. Um, you know, this was this this season is Kakinen's eighth professional season, and it's the first where he's had bad numbers. So that kind of leads me to believe that it's anomaly. Yeah. What? My best though. <laughs> Where's the Martin Jones haters now? <laughs> you, you know that there's some some deep dark corner of social media. That 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 discussion is being had. The Sharks should have never gotten rid of Martin Jones. Look what he's doing in Seattle. And so here's the thing. So, so oh, that that noise you hear right now—that's Ian like vomiting in his mouth a little bit. So let's have a commentary on this, right? So one of the points that we've mentioned, we made this point last year, right? Where if you want to know if you want to know a goalie is good. You like league to league, look for consistency. That's number one. But number two, what are their forget record? What are their numbers, specifically save percentage? Mm -hmm. And so, again, you look at this is kind of like a this is, will be an interesting science experiment here. So, you look at last year and, and just just when he was on the Sharks, we're not looking at Minnesota, just when he was on the Sharks, Capo Kakinen. Two six and one record, and you think, oh man, this guy sucks. <laughs> Nine sixteen save percentage, which is damn good. You know, well above average. 
especially like well above regular average, but also well above even higher above the new average that we've seen the last two years. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, put the shoe on the other foot. Martin Jones, 14, five and three. And you think, wow, hey, you know, a resurgence. Here we go. Oh, sure. 888 save percentage. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so to further to your point, Kakinen, his last six, it's, you know, it hasn't been great. 800, 750, 872. Then he has a shutout, but then 800, 731. So he's had one great start in over his last six. Mm -hmm. So hopefully he can figure out something to get that going. Reimer, again, inconsistent, but at least consistency consistently better. 923 over with the with the Minnesota game, but you know, 842, 951, 909, 857, 976. Funny thing is though, is the 909 came in a win, the 951 came in a loss. Well, and you know what? In Kakinen's defense, right? Like obviously, like again, to not to make this entire podcast a a sort of apology tour, right? <laughs> But it is Christmas. It's a time for giving. But like, obviously, okay. So he gets the shutout, Kakinen. He gets the shutout against Montreal, which I don't want to say that that's expected. But you, you're not really surprised by that because Montreal is just terrible, right? Mm -hmm. But you look at the the other five games that you mentioned against Calgary, the Sharks failed to back up their goalie. Mm -hmm. Against Ottawa, same thing. Against Vancouver. Same thing against Seattle. Same thing. You know, so the last, uh, those last five starts, you know, have been in games where the team in front of him has been really shitty for the most part. Well, and the Sharks, of course, have had a really annoying habit this season where they, when they score first, they lose more often than they win. <laughs> they've scored first in 16 games. They've lost 10 of them. Like, what the hell is that about? They can't hold a lead. There's been 11 games where they were they took a lead where they didn't score first, and they lost eight of those. So, right. And then you look at what's happened over special teams in the month of December. Everybody will tell you that paid attention to the Sharks. Oh, my God, dude, the Sharks penalty kill. Like, <laughs> can I get a game seven wank? Like, it's so awesome. <laughs> and during December, dude, it is gone <laughs> – like, yeah, it, it's not good, dude. 70, it, it's gone from what? It was like 92, 93% in the month of December. It's 71%. Yeah, I was going to say, it was it was second in the league at one point. It was first. Yeah. And now it's, uh, dude, it's 26th for the month of December. <laughs> like, how the hell does that happen? But meanwhile, the power play that couldn't, you know, score in a woman's prison with a stack of pardons. Dude, nine for 31, 29, dude, 29%, uh, nearly 30% in the month of December. Dude, 30% power play? Yeah, dude, you, you're going to win some games. Oh, wait a minute. Not if you keep <laughs> being defensively inept. Last time I looked, you have to score more than you allow. That's, But it's only what I've heard. I can't. Generally speaking. Yeah. Yes. But generally speaking. Through 35 games this season, 28 points. Last season at this point, they had 37. 
So maybe Bogner wasn't the problem. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Calm down. Don't at me. Let's go to here on zero, buddy. They're only on pace for 67 points. Oh, yeah, but what's Anaheim on pace for? What's Chicago on pace for? What's, um, what's Columbus on pace for? Anaheim on pace for 52. Oh, you bastards. Chicago on pace for 51. Oh, you fat bastards. Columbus uh, on pace for 55. Oh, you all suck. Let's go so here. Let's go hero and zero, buddy. Mine, hero. Uh, mine is uh, pretty obvious based on the uh, the, <laughs> the thumbnail. Uh, dude, Sturm. Anybody has a post game like that, they're getting my hero vote without a doubt. Best, best. <sighs> Name me a pickup. Because he would, he wasn't a trade, right? He was an outright go and get him guy. Yep, UFA signing. Okay, then name me a better UFA signing that the Sharks have made in the last five years. Last five years? Yeah. Oh you, man, a, you're really gonna, oh man, dude. Well, see, but the Sharks aren't known for going and getting UFAs, really. Um, if you say Bodker, I swear to God. So last five years would be going back to the free agency dude, 2017. I'll, I'll say, dude, I will say better UFA signing since the Stanley Cup season. So essentially, <laughs> that's five years. Um, ooh, but, man, how many, that's... but the thing is, how many have they actually done? Three? <laughs> so it's not like you have a huge list to work from. I might go 10 years back just because the Sharks don't typically do a lot of UFA grabs. Hmm. Dude, aside from hmm. Stur, dude, name five. Well, Nick Benino <laughs> was one. Oh, okay. James Reimer. That's a low layup. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, okay. See now that right there, that I might give you and say, mm, you know, like means more to the team than Sturm. I think you could debate that. What about, okay. Uh Oh, I've sent jerk <laughs> down the hole. <laughs> so on, what about, and there we go. go! <laughs> so technically, so he, he was on the Barracuda, but he was technically a free agent when he was signed. Uh, Jake Middleton. No kidding. That's right. Uh, I feel also, like there was another player that was similar. Nikolai, Nikolai Kanijov. Mm. Yeah, jury's still out on that. Yeah, I mean, I still think you're, since the Stanley Cup season, I still think your top two for sure are Reimer and Nico Sturm. All right. Your top two. All right. So who's your hero for the week then? Well, and and this is again, I I kind of flip back and forth between the sexy pick or the sneaky pick, and right for for my hero anyway, I'm going to do the sexy pick, and it's Eric Carlson. All right. See, I totally thought you were going Brock Purdy, but go ahead. <laughs> so here's some numbers for you because we love numbers on this podcast. What do you got there numbers. Nine game point streak, which is <sighs> which is nice. Last I've heard. Huge. Two goals, 12 assists, <laughs> so 14 points in nine games on a nine-game point streak. Uh, he has been minus, which is not great, but everybody on the Sharks has been minus. Um, so obviously there's all that, but he's 
single-handedly taking over games and he is sticking around the Norris Trophy conversation. Two things that you and I both asked of him going into this season. It's it's funny you bring that up because I was looking at an article, or I should say I was rereading an article from the beginning of this season. It, it was some predictions. And if you're like me, I find the prediction articles to you take them with a Mount Fuji size lick of salt because it's literally throwing shit in the dark, trying to hit a fly on the wall. You, you know, if you get it fine, take credit for it, but Lord or Lord. And one of the predictions that I saw from one of the blogs or whatever said, this will be the first time that Eric Carlson starts 60 or more games for the Sharks. And I, and, and I mean, he's certainly on track for it, dude, certainly on track for it, but let's be honest based on historical data, it was just kind of like, yeah, that's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see how that plays <laughs> out. So, I mean, yeah, jury's that, still out until he hits 60, right? Oh, yeah. But just the fact that he's seemingly on his way, he's <sighs> like begrudgingly, the rest of the team is like, okay, <laughs> we'll get on your shoulders. Kicking and screaming. Yeah, dude, like, all right, yes, there's way more space on Carlson's shoulders than we had anticipated. We'll jump on. So let me ask you a question. Sure. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to ask you a question. All I'm right. going to tell, tell you something. <laughs> all right, then. F you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I guess I am asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> Should have got the pot, man. <laughs> were you were you aware that uh, Carlson's assist on Lindblom's goal was his forty sixth point of the season? I'm sure you knew that, but forty six is the most points he's had in a single season with the Sharks, and it's this year. Shocker. His previous high with the Sharks was the last time the Sharks made the playoffs four years ago. <laughs> well, has, has up until this season, had Carlson ever been a point per game player with the Sharks or in general? It, no, with the Sharks. No. Okay. Then. And where, where's he at now? Like 1.8. <laughs> yeah. So if <laughs> assuming, assuming this, this pace stands, which given we're 35 games in the season, I think we're, I think we're past small sample size. Yeah. But I still think you can expect a little bit of a regression. I think we might have already gone through that. Maybe. So if this stands, and we'll see, right? He would end the season with 108 points. Oh! Can you tell me <laughs> the last time a defenseman had 100 points? Kale McCarr. <laughs> Because that is, I mean, let's let's be honest here. It's impressive when a forward gets a hundred points. Dude, <laughs> and so I know last year Roman Yossi got, I believe he had ninety six, so he was close. But it's... for, for okay, let, now, let me give you a query. Sure, do it hypothetically. Well, I don't know that it really is hypothetically. Let's say the Sharks miss the playoffs. Okay. Just hypothetically speaking. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's say they miss the playoffs this season. But Carlson finishes the end of the season 15 
points ahead of the next defenseman in line. Yep. Do you think the next defenseman, because that defenseman happens to be on a playoff team, I'm, I'm saying, you know, it could be anybody. It's Fox, Hedman, like you said, Yossi. I mean, there's a handful of guys that clearly are going to be part of the conversation. But the thing is, Fox, Hedman, Yossi, uh, McCarr, last time I looked, all on teams that are like in the playoff hunt. Do you think Nor or uh, Norris? <laughs> you think Carlson gets, you know, the bums rush because you know, uh, West Coast team not in the playoffs. I don't think he should, but I do think there's going to be a couple media members that are a bit heroic with their vote and take that route. Which you would mean be... give it to somebody else instead of Carlson, even though he might be more deserving. Yeah, like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, Carlson's great, but uh, he didn't get his team to the playoffs, so how good is he, right? That's stupid <laughs> Last argument. time I looked, the hockey was a team sport, but go ahead. Right, and and so, you know, I, I don't, if the Sharks miss the playoffs, I don't think that should affect his chances at being in the Norris conversation, but I know but there's some, there are some heroes out there who will think about that, which is why, which is why I'm glad that the awards are voted on at the end of the regular season. You but, but know what I mean? Hold on. Which is why? Wait a minute. I thought we have a question here. Why is why? <laughs> you want to know? So I have a, I have a, uh, I have a stab for you. Whip it out. So I asked you a question. When is the last time a defenseman scored a hundred points in a season? It was. Oh, hold on. Give me, give me. Um, okay, well, you know it was in 19-something. Okay, yeah, but, dude, that's a pretty... Last time I looked, that's 100 years. Uh, but, At least. Oh, I was going to say, but, yeah, didn't the... But when did the Norris start? Like, 1980, 90-something? 90 91? When, when, when was the Norris Trophy first given out, you mean? Yeah. 1954. Oh, shit, it was... Okay. Um, I mean, the sexy pick is Lidstrom. Um... Don't tell me it's Doug Wilson. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'll just go with the sexy pick and say Lidstrom. So it's going to be an obvious one, but that's go ahead. not a that's not a bad guess because oh, oh because he's like one like he's, he's, had, won, he's won seven so, Norris trophies. Yeah, I was going to say because he's won so many, like we should probably change the name of the trophy. But yeah, go ahead. So and and I that leads me to another question that I'll ask you after this. So. It was not Nicholas Lidstrom. Nick Lidstrom has actually never scored 100 points in a season. It was in 1992. Oh. Brian, Brian Leach yep. with, with the New York Rangers. He had 102 points in 80 games, which is remarkable. But that is the most recent example. The most Dude, prominent example. Let, let's put that in context. What year was that? 1991, <laughs> 92. Yeah, like, so 30 years ago. Yes, 30 years ago. But okay, and so, dude, four, if he breaks a hundred and no other defenseman behind him does, and he doesn't get it, somebody needs a kick in the dick. As I say every, as I say every time my fiance and I play video games and I lose, rigged bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you should run for politics. <laughs> Here's the thing: four, fourteen times in NHL history has a defenseman scored over a hundred points in a season, and how many have won the Norris? Um, well, I'll have to look into that, but point is 14 times it's occurred. Only five players have done it. 
So you know there are some superstars in there. I mean, the best example, Bobby Orr in 1971, had a, in 78 games, had 139 points. Uh, <laughs> he, yeah. But anyway, point is, if Eric Carlson can stay on this pace and hit 100 points, he's going to be in rare air, right? And, you know, I feel like we're putting the cart before the horse here, but, you know, there's a certain haul that might look favorably upon something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, so <laughs> speaking about the Norris Trophy, I'll ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What's What do you think is more impressive? The fact that Nicholas, the fact that Nicholas Lidstrom's first Norris Trophy was when he was 31, or the fact that he won it seven times. Seven times. Because you think about it, his first one wasn't until he was 31, and then he won it seven times. No, it's uh, well. Sometimes it takes like a while to about find aging, your game, aging buddy. like a fine wine. You know what I mean? Dude, takes it takes a few years to find your game for some guys. And two, <laughs> two, two segments where he won it three years in a row. Dude, I bl- uh, did Chris Chelios get a part of it too? Uh, <laughs> Only for like carrying his jock or something. <laughs> I mean, Chelios won the Norris three times, but that was way before. Yeah, I know, but they but, but felt like they spent a lot of time playing against each other and with each other. <laughs> sure. I mean, this the standard bearer. You're talking about renaming the trophy. The standard bearer is Bobby Orr. I mean, yeah. he won it. He won it eight years in a row. Yeah. No, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, but let, let's wrap up here because this went all the way around. So Eric Carlson, you're saying? Yep. Okay then. Uh, my zero for the week. I alluded to it earlier. Vlasic, buddy. Last five games, you lead the team with a dash five. You had a horrible series versus Calgary, in my opinion. Only two defensemen were dash four during that pair, and it was Vlasic and Eric Carlson. But Eric Carlson posted three points. Vlasic posted a bagel. I'm not saying you have to help, but don't hurt the team. Who's your zero? Oh, jeez. All right. Again. Well, so go ahead. Think. Oh, are you going to go but with Carlson is, as well? No, but this is <laughs> this is the problem that I've had all year. Is as a group, this team is not very good. So it's hard to pick out who is the the worst of the worst. The worst of the worst. Yeah, I mean, there's different guys that you can say for different reasons, right? I mean, you can. Well, try, I don't know. try I mean, picking one. I mean, honestly, and and maybe this is a, maybe this is a throwaway. I'm going to say David Quinn just for scratching Magnus. Oh, oh, damn! All right. I mean, okay. Well, yeah, vamp for thirty, but yeah, go ahead. I mean, if you want to do a science experiment here, the game that, uh, the game that Megna was scratched for Harrington, and and not to pile onto Harrington because he ended up having an assist anyway, right? But the game that Magna gets scratched for Harrington, Carlson's dash two, and he's only got an assist. And so if you sort of want to read the tea leaves on that a little bit, you know, Carlson has shown a propensity, whoa, hey, for, what? you know, playing well with, uh, with Jacob Magna. I think if you're looking for trends and things to build upon for next year, you might as well keep that together. <laughs> I feel like it took Carlson three seasons to figure out exactly how hard to pass it. <laughs> remember, <laughs> dude, remember we talked about it his first couple seasons where it's like, dude, 
not every pass needs to be 110 miles an hour. Some can be 90. <laughs> right. Oh, or yeah. if you're a Nieto, 65. <laughs> Jesus. All right. A couple quick hits here. Uh, well, I didn't want to get into this, but I'm just going to say it real quick. Just because I think it's funny and we can move on. Because Jerk will say the same thing. Ian will say the same thing. Sharks social media. Holy crap, man. So they pick up the two games against, what was it, Anaheim and Arizona, right? They win two games against bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, my God. And, and Meyer looked good. And it's, oh, my God, we need to sign Meyer to that same deal that Hurdle got. Build around those two. Then they lose the next two games, and those same people go, we need to trade Meyer and trade Couture. Anybody else not nailed down to the floor? Build for 27. Right. Pick a lane. Well, like. Fuck's sakes. Well, remember this last year, right, when there was all the conversation about trading Tomas Hurdle? You know, should they do it? Should they not do it? Right. And and, <clears throat> and and you know me as a massive Hurdle fan, and I was pro-trade Hurdle. Right. But again, going back to it, so you have a, a lot of people one openly wondering, like, should we trade Hurdle? You know, is this best for the future? And again, these people that you're referring to, these friends of yours, you know, no, they, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, fuck they, you. I see what you did there. Fuck you. They, uh, you know, they're saying, oh, why would we trade Hurdle? You know, he's a good young player for the future. And it's like, okay, <laughs> 28. When the future gets here, he's not going to be a good young player. Well, but, but, not even, <laughs> but not even that. Like, in hockey terms, 28 is not young. You know I mean, what I mean? Like, well, you're, it's like prime you're time. In, you're, but, but, but. Literally, if you are a pending UFA, by definition, you are not on the younger side. Yeah, but but you but you are like supposedly twenty seven is you know <laughs> I start hearing the uh, what is it Sesame Street or whatever it, it's a magic number <laughs> twenty seven baby that that seems to be the prime time show twenty seven twenty eight that's like when you're supposed to be just right but twenty eight is not the, well it's supposed to be that. That Venn diagram of like strength and conditioning, hockey IQ type of it that you know, like speed and smarts come together. Right, and and I understand that, but my my point and the point that these you know these folks have a hard time wrestling with is that twenty eight is not twenty one. Sure, <laughs> by definition. Yeah. So that's that's all. <laughs> all right. Uh, if you didn't notice, the Sharks introduced forced three-dimensional programming to the new scoreboard. Looks pretty tight. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before, but they have some versions of this on a much larger scale at Times Square, as you would imagine, and of course in Tokyo. But this version is uh, its pretty cool. Times Square is a, is a bit more, but... This is something that the Sharks do is that they, and, and I'm not the biggest fan of it, but the Sharks like to uh, drip out things. They like to slow play their cards. Uh, they, they could be sitting on pocket aces with quads and they would still slow play it. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not doing all in. <laughs> yeah. So expect this to get cooler and cooler and for them to spend the rest of the season uh, introducing more programming elements to the scoreboard. I mean, I'm, I'm down to see what they're going to do. 
But yeah, I mean, the, the Sharks, let's be honest, that we can call it what it is, or as Jerk likes to say, say it. <laughs> they, say it. They're, a lot of times, they're the last dog to the bowl. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I mean, they, to, I'm, I, one of the last ones to show off their jersey. That's you know, they're they're very. Again, I can't say it any better than last dog to the bowl on a lot of things. Now, if that's their, you know, they want to be, I don't know, the headliner. That's fine. They don't want to blaze the trail on certain things. Other things they do. They're a bit trail. I think they're the first team to like take crypto. Although, mm-hmm. if you're FTX, how's that working out? <laughs> but. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain things they're trying to blaze a trail on with, uh, I think they were one of the first teams to take digital ticketing, but they were one of the last to do, like, the pandemic, it felt like, forced them to finally upgrade to the point where you could use your phone to make food, Bev, and concession purchases. Dude, using your phone still sucks there. Let's be honest. It, to be uh, well, Let's be honest, it's, it sucks in a lot of places. Like, and, uh, and 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 I I hope nobody looks at this as me trying to pile on. I'm just being completely honest. SAP Center is top three, like worst places to try and use a cell phone for me. That In might 20, be your provider, though. No, I dude, I have T-Mobile. Like they're that's sponsored. not like they're. <laughs> I have AT and T. I never have a problem in there. Yeah, but you know, but 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 dude, AT and T is so old and shitty that it only works in old and shitty places. <laughs> oh, I could make so many raunchy jokes right now, but I'm gonna let that go. And in if your case, you're wondering, is that a is that a bird or a plane? No, it's me coming off the top rope. <laughs> but, but but again, to get back onto point, like was there one? Like the shark, like you said, they're, they're the last dog at the bowl. You know what I mean? They, anytime there's some kind of promotion or event or element to the game, it's always, oh, we saw so and so did this and we should, you know, we think it would really work for us, which is perfectly fine. Nobody's has an issue with that. But, well, see, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking like, how many times has it been like the sharks are like the last one to do their schedule announcement? Or right, but, it, everybody's but, it's, but it's across the board. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. But I'm just talking, there's just been a lot of times where some, you know, the LA Kings will announce their preseason schedule. And then the next day, the Ducks will. And the day after that, like half the league does. And then here comes the Sharks, 31st out of 32 teams. You know, like, and that's, again, that's like the MO. Like this is this is constant. This is this this is a feature. This isn't a buck. But that you know, if that's the way they want to run, hey, do do your thing. But it's w- just w- nice to see them first at something. Yes, you know, we're, we're still gonna make fun of it. <laughs> now you you talk about s- silliness. It, it, query me this: How is it that um, the, here, here are ticket prices. You can see same section, same row, same seat. Two different games. Why are they different prices? You're you're seeing a hockey game from the exact same seat. Um, because they knew that you were going to do a segment on it, and they wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> all right. No, I'm just kidding. No, but but you know what? Like, all all joking aside, like, and and I I can't tell who is the you know who 
who who's the holder of these tickets? You know, no, what no, no. These are, you can see the two little blue dots that the 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 holder for this is the team. These haven't been sold. Sure, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that we've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, we've seen ticket <clears throat> retailers, we'll say, um, sort of have shenanigans when it comes to the selling and production of tickets. And so when I see this, I obviously don't like it. It, it it's very obnoxious to see, and it's very confusing and dumb. But I don't find myself all that surprised, you know? Oh, I'm not saying I'm surprised. It's just this is the type of nonsense that I really wish the teams collectively would get together and maybe, I don't know, get get in the ears of some politicians and say this monopoly needs to fucking end because this is ridiculous. Just to let you know, because I cropped out everything else, because I didn't want there to be any other information, just that it's same section, same row, same seat, different prices. Now, you know what these are for? One of these is the Monday game that is uh, on Martin Luther King Day. So it's a Monday game that starts at 1 o'clock. The other one is a Monday game that starts at 1 o'clock during President's Day. So it's like even the conditions are the same. So it's two early Monday holidays and then there's still shenanigans. Yeah. That, that not everybody has off. Right. That too. You know, it's a one's against New Jersey, one's against Seattle. You know, both teams doing well in their respective divisions. Neither team necessarily travels well to San Jose. So... Why the discrepancy in price? I don't get it. So I just wanted to point that out that how is it that two tickets are different prices when you're literally seeing the same event? It's, <laughs> you know, it's not like I understand dynamic pricing. I don't like it, but I understand it in baseball where <laughs> if you know, the same seat. Yes, you're going to sit in the same spot for a baseball game, but I understand if you're, if it's a evening game versus LA and it's your best pitcher and their best pitcher versus a Tuesday game versus the Reds in the middle of the afternoon, that, that ticket might be cheaper or it, it or it's never that I'm sorry. The Tuesday game against the Reds at one o'clock in the afternoon, that's the base. But the LA game on a Saturday, for you know, and it's it's Kershaw versus Mad Bum. If you go back into the day, that was the marquee matchup. I understood that was going to get a little bit of a premium. That's not the case in hockey. It's you dress your best guys. Mm -hmm. So again, either way. Well, not only that, but whether you play New Jersey or Seattle or the Golden Knights or the Barracuda. Like the the sharks suck no matter who they play. Like so it's not so it's not even like you can say, Oh yeah, you know, they do really well against this team. We're gonna juice the prices a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you know what the eight bucks must be for? It's gonna be like, oh dude, everybody's gonna pay that that little extra to see Martin Jones. <laughs> right? Obviously. I mean, dude, it's either <laughs> that or it's like what? Is it Hughes and Heesher? I mean, what what's you know, what what's the the, the price difference? I don't know. Dude, kill me now. 
All right, around the NHL, um, did uh, when do officials get supplemental discipline? Never, dude. We literally talked about it last week, and then something happened. <sighs> dude, I just, I, how aggressive is this fucking guy? in your lip. Chernock and Tavares are jawing as well. The linesman shoving, bunting off the ice. And there's no real complaint, complaint when he run at Mitch Marner. Although he did get him right in the numbers, which is what Toronto's complaint is. Linesman Dan Kelly pretty physical with Michael Bunting. They're getting him off the ice. Okay, I don't know what's funny about this. First off, that the official that is doing that is a former San Jose Barracuda player, Dan Kelly. Or the fact that you can read Bunting's lips and he's going, what the fuck was that? That was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I mean, that's getting a little too handsy. Now, we, we can also go back to, I don't remember the linesman's name, and uh, maybe maybe that is uh, something that we need to use for one of our giveaways questions. Who was the official that Evander Kane got into it that led to him getting a four-game suspension? <laughs> We'd have to go back and look. Right? But my point being, how is it that officials get away with that? Because if you were to ever push as a player is to push an official like that, dude. Ten-game ten suspension automatically. Yeah. So how the hell is Dan Kelly able to and not even have to the like the NHL has no comment just how how is that allowed how how does not even NHLPA not saying uh yeah we need a comment here as to why that was allowed well it's like i said a week ago you know the NHL officials are are untouchable right you know like you see until they want to touch you <laughs> right, but like you and and again I always make the example, you know, I don't remember I don't know what official it was, but you know, you've seen all the time it, there was a game a couple years ago, I want to say it was between Minnesota and Montreal. And the I believe it was the coach for Minnesota at the time. They in the pre or I'm sorry, in the post-game presser came out and said, "You know what? I thought the officiating was poor in this one, but it is what it is, and we have to live with what happened, you know. And he got fined for it for criticizing the officials openly. Meanwhile, in the same game, one of the officials said to Brendan Gallagher, "Fuck off." <laughs> so I'm like, dude, where's... that's what I'm saying. Wasn't wasn't there somebody from the Rangers, like the ownership, and and, and it might not be the Rangers, but didn't somebody from ownership from a, a back east team? Like there was something that was so egregious that they actually dropped a statement on Twitter about it on letterhead. Well, and here's the thing, like I think in a, in a normal situation, you know, you see, I don't like seeing Kelly shove bunting that way, but I think ultimately in a normal situation, I ultimately don't think it would have been that big of a deal. But the fact that there's such a dialogue about, being extra careful anytime a player is near the boards when the door is open. And then you have a linesman shoving the player through an open door. And if you play the clip again, right at the end, you see Dan Kelly has a fistful of Bunting's jersey. And the, and the reason why that is, is because he shoved Bunting hard enough to where Bunting almost fucking fell. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, let's, let's look at it again. 
I'll, uh... What the heck? Let me, let me... I killed the sound. Oh, this isn't the right one. <laughs> Steven, you're fired! You just wanted to get it in there again, didn't you? Of course. So, I mean, look. Here, here's the thing that gets me. Why are you even... He... Bunting is not sitting there. Okay. Look, right yeah, there. Right there. It. Handful of jersey. But... The thing that, that gets me extremely dangerous situation. But the thing that 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 just chaps my ass, Bunting. You you look at him. He's not trying to get around Kelly. You know he's not like losing his shit. Going oh let me at him, let me at him. He, he, he's just like literally. All Kelly needed to do is just be like, just give him a little a little shove, you know, and just say, dude, we're on it, get away. Well, and not only that, but think about it like this. Like I said. You know, the dialogue surrounding pushing a player, you know, even in the game, you know, a player going through an open door, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine, so imagine Kelly doesn't uh, ostensibly catch Bunting by grabbing that fistful of jersey. Let's say he doesn't catch him. And and so he gets injured. Bunting Bunting falls down, whacks his head on the corner of the door. And is out for, you know, two weeks. Not even, dude. You whack your head on a metal corner? Oh, okay. That's a a lawsuit, dude. Yeah. So that's, but that's my point is that it, the situation did not warrant that behavior. So my point being, Bunting was not even interested. He was yelling and trying to leave, as you pointed out. Yeah. So my point being, it's like, how is it that Kelly is, gets nothing, you know, I'm not demanding a public flogging, but I'm at the very least, it, it, demanding an explanation like where's department where's one of those department of player safety videos it's like this is not what refereeing is in the video you can clearly see the you know like i want the explanation video <laughs> just saying uh let, let's um are we up to- it's just the they're the officiate the officials are untouchable and i understand i understand it's a thankless job and i understand that it's an important job but you know everybody talks about how the nhl is a partnership right the league and the players the officials are part of that partnership and yeah. it doesn't feel if anything it doesn't feel fair that one side of this triangle can take more liberties than the other. Exactly. Especially on the, on the accountability scale. Yeah. Um, AO saying a veteran ref should know better than this. And, and I agree with you, but you have to take into account that the person that we're talking about literally was playing for the Barracuda five years ago. Well, and he's only been <laughs> in a, he's only been a linesman for the last three years. Yeah. Not only that, but when he did play pro, he was a bit of a bruiser. I well, mean, I was he, gonna, dude, there's he, a reason when he was on the Barracuda. He had like 113 this, penalty minutes. Well, and there's a reason we called him discount Roman Polar. Like, <laughs> and yeah. that's not, not meant to be mean, but just the very similar playing styles. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Ask it. Can we update the name of the Lady Bing to Kale McCarr after this? To get to the bench. I think Brad Hunt ran in two seventeens. Ran into Martin in front of the bench and put him on his behind. Penalty coming up on Barzell. McCarr tried to say no, there is no penalty, I think. Or did he? I mean, Kale's like, no, 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 no. But we'll see. A penalty was called by the referee. There's no penalty on the plate. I think Kale McCarr actually. Talk the referee out of it. 
Well, how could he do that? So let's just swap. Barzell goes behind the net. Doesn't necessarily get tripped up, but he definitely does blow a tire. But that stick across the high shoulder, that's close to being a penalty. But yeah, Kill doesn't get tripped there, just blows a wheel. Can you do that? Can you say, hey, no penalty referee? I don't believe that happened. Well, that's what he did. <laughs> I love that. Can you do that? Well, that's what happened. That's what he did. So yeah, you can do that. I'm surprised <laughs> that the Avalanche commentators weren't crying more, to be honest with you. <laughs> But, dude, is that some, like, serious sportsmanship? I've never seen somebody, you know, blow a tire or whatever. And, and to look at that, you could really call it both ways. You could sit there and go, well, his stick happens to be resting on his laces just as the tire blows. Like, I get it. But to sit there and go, oh, no, that was me. That wasn't, like, he had nothing to do with it. That was me. How does that happen? And how upset is his coach after that? Going, you, they wanted to hand you two minutes and you said, no, thanks. <laughs> Are you hmm. insane? I don't know. I think it just goes to show how nice of a guy he is. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, let's rename the lady being the Kale McCarr after that. And what would new trophy names be? I mean, we talked about it earlier. The Norris, there's only two options, right? It's Orr or Lidstrom. Yeah, I, I, you know, I had gone through specifically with the Norris trophy. I had gone through that myself just because if you read about who James Norris was, there should not be a trophy named after him. I mean, that's that's what I've heard as well. <laughs> first of all, first of all, didn't play in the NHL. Second of all, uh, former owner of multiple teams and was very corrupt. That's a that's a discord conversation. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, very corrupt person, didn't play in the NHL, so it's kind of like, mm, okay, you know, but I, I think you're right. You know, Lidstrom uh, or Bobby, I mean, Bobby Orr makes sense. Most Norris trophies, obviously, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, same thing, Nick Lidstrom won seven of them, which is second most. But, you know, I, I, I think you could say, you know, if you want to appeal to the old timers, you know, you could say, uh, you could even say Doug Harvey. I mean, he also won the Norris trophy seven times, right? So, yeah, but, I, you know, but I, I'm trying to modernize yeah like if you try to make it a little bit more contemporary i think the nba just went through oh, something, hey. <laughs> something like this yeah they uh, i know I, words i, I want to say a week ago they renamed a handful of their trophies yeah so if you want to make this more contemporary oh did it again <laughs> it's I, lidstrom is the obvious choice sure so but if it was bobby Orr, i don't think i would be all that upset i don't think any i don't think you'd find a single person outside of detroit mm -hmm. uh the rocket richard I mean, it, I mean, this one's easy. See, is it though? Well, okay. Say what you need to say. What you need to say, because I have a, I have a big brain sort of. Well, I think, I think most people are going to say Gretzky is the obvious choice, but I think Gretzky is the obvious choice for like three or four different trophies. So sure. for me, I think the obvious choice is you re, you rename this the Ovi. This is okay. the this is the Ovechkin special for the Richard. I mean, how many has Chief won? Like eight. Nine, something like that. Uh, he has won. He's like he's like won like eight in like thirteen years or something. He's or... won. Ovechkin has won the Richard Trophy. Um, <sighs> nine times. There you go. But didn't he win like four straight or something? Uh, I don't know that he went on a run, but I think if anything. Wouldn't that go to show you how good of a goal scorer he is? The fact that like 
at various stages in, her, in his career, he won it. Oh right? yeah, but dude, I mean, he I, I won think it nine times. Is pretty god. I don't care if you're in the league twenty years. If you lead the NHL in goal scoring for half of your career, that's pretty <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. So he won it. He won it twice in a row. And then didn't win it for three years, and then won it four years in a row, and then didn't win it for a year, and then won it three years in a row. Yeah. So you you understand why I'm going with the Ovi. No, and and you know what? It's a very solid pull, and I think I think on a lot of levels, I I agree with you. However, oh, if, if I can be if I can channel Jeff Merrick here a little bit. <laughs> so you're familiar with Mike Bossy, I'm assuming. Yes, sir. So Mike Bossy was quite a good goal scorer, 573 goals in only 752 games. And he had his career cut short. He only played 10 seasons. Now, I'll give you a little bit of a stat here. If Mike Bossy, and this is alternative history, fictional history, whatever you want to call it. If Mike Bossy played the same amount of games that Wayne Gretzky did, at that scoring pace, he would have had over 1,100 goals. So, if you want to, tra- if you <laughs> well, want to channel minute, Jeff, the, if you want to, but wanna... the Islanders got really bad in the 90s, <laughs> right? And Mike Bossy retired in 1987. <laughs> My but, point. But again, if you want to channel your inner Jeff Merrick and you want to say, well, in terms of goals per game, Mike Bossy is the best of the best. Okay. All right. And I think that's a very, like I said, I think the only person who might agree with me on that might be Gen X. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's something that or Jeff I Merrick. had pointed. <laughs> right. And that was something that was pointed out that, you know, pointed out to me as, a you know, doing research. And it's like, oh, that's kind of a, you know, again, we talk about sneaky pick, sexy pick. That's definitely a sneaky pick. Uh, no, definitely not a, a, would you call it a hero move? Ah, uh, You know what? I, I don't, don't think really... so. I think calling it. I think it's sneaky good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, the Ross. I, I. Any other name? If if it's not Gretzky, you're wrong. But again, wouldn't like, wouldn't Wayne Gretzky be a better candidate to be named to uh for the Hart Trophy? I would say no. Really? I mean, I would say most, no. Most points in NHL history, but. Couldn't you conceivably argue the most valuable player in NHL history? I mean, he won the Hart Trophy nine times. Won the Hart. Okay. Won Ross ten times. So I guess maybe you're right. Yeah. So I go Ross there. And so, okay. So give me your Ross. If I'm going Gretzky, give me the guy who's not Gretzky. <sighs> and well, I'll throw this to the chat. Everybody, I don't everybody who's watching, who, you know, submit your choice. But I, I can't think of a better name. Yeah, you know, I honestly don't have a good answer for you just because I think you've picked the only answer, right? Because, okay. like, I mean, like, Wayne, dude, Wayne Gretzky is number one, is number one all time in scoring. We all know this, right? Mm-hmm. Second place is almost a thousand points behind him. <laughs> this is all I'm saying. So that, I feel like that kind of, you know, backs you up. So I'll go with that. Um, so then for the heart, see, and, and, and of course I don't want to have, you know, there can't be two Vezina trophies. So mm-hmm. there, there can't be two Gretzky trophies. 
So if we rename the and and I see somebody coming in on the chat, Gia, G, G, how many dude buy a vowel? What do you got? GJL Rocco ninety seven said Bobby Orr. Again, we're trying to make this a little bit more contemporary, and Orr is already part of the Norris conversation for the heart. Um, I, I Gordy how? Gordy how? But again, I'm going to go a little bit more contemporary. I'm going to say Sidney Crosby and. You know me. It fucking kind of pains me to say that. <laughs> but here's the thing. Okay, let's 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 let me be the contrarian a little bit. Sure. Sidney Crosby's only been league MVP twice. Mm-hmm. So but, is, but, does but, he okay, really, so let me, does he let really me say encapsulate this. He's being only an MVP. He's only been league MVP twice. Yes. That doesn't mean that I don't think he was deserving other times. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's why I'm saying I have him on my list. And for a minute there, God, there was somebody else who for a very hot second popped into my head and then it seems to have popped out again. I don't, you know what? I don't oh, agree. I know. Okay. Here's another name for you. Mar okay. Mario Lemieux. <sighs> Only because I think there should be a Lemieux trophy in some way, shape or form. But even then, uh, you know, like Lemieux won the Hart Trophy once. Yeah, again, I feel like he may have been more deserving other times. Like I think so. Here's here's maybe a we go with bit we of, go with AO. We just wait for a decade and then we call it the McDavid. And that's not the worst idea ever. It's, it's, I mean, not at all. I don't he, I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Here's 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 the thing. Here's why I would say Gordy Howe. Because. Just, you know, the, the, and again, we talked about it kind of with, uh, um, Ovechkin and how he won the Richard at various stages in his career, mm -hmm. right? Gordy Howe's first heart trophy was in his one, two, three, four, five, sixth NHL season. Jeez. And then, and then, you know, won it two years in a row. But then after that, like, he he won the Hart Trophy at various stages in his career, and so you could make a pretty convincing argument. Hey, as this guy got older, as the league evolved, as things changed, he was still number one. No, you you got my vote, dude. Gordy has the way. Wow, you you, you, you changed me. Okay, here's the one that that's gonna twist you in knots. Vesna. There's only three names. I mean, name me a fourth. Realistically, that are better than Patrick Waugh, Dominic Hasek, or Marty Brodeur. I can't. You know what I mean? Because that because you're. I mean, nobody has been like the the best goalie of this century <laughs> doesn't touch those three. So I'm um, and and for me, I'm just just straight. Um, I say psychopathic in like the most complimentary way. So, sure. but uh, dude, Patrick Waugh. That he, you know, he's that guy that, you know, he walks into his room, his dick has been there five minutes beforehand. I mean, he's, and, dude, he embodies BDE. And so you said Broder, Hashik, and Waugh, right? Yeah. But, so but Waugh gets my vote. So Broder won it, in, in case you care, Broder won it four times. Waugh won it, uh, let's see, Waugh won it one, two, three, Waugh won it three times. And Hashik won it one, two, three, four, five, six times. So which, not only that, not only that, Hashik won the Vesna six times in eight years. 
Six times in eight years, and I would argue on worse teams than Colorado and New Jersey. 100%, dude. Buffalo was in the shits in the 90s. You know this. Yeah. Okay, you know what? You have just made your argument to name it the Hashik, and I will support it. Especially because, dude, like... Dominic and and you have to you have to keep in mind you know as what? well, right? We, we we don't call it the Hashik or the Roy or I'm sorry, Wa or or the Brodeur. We just call it the Dominator Award. We all know <laughs> what it means, <laughs> but it doesn't. It just goes to acknowledge that there were three different names that could have been involved in there. So we just call it, you know, well, the the and, Dominator Award. And again, like here's the thing: if you really want, if you really want to kind of sell it. His career save percentage is 9.22, like over his whole career. <sighs> 9.22. That is so for, sexy, dude. That is reference. That's so sexy. It should be on a pole in a Vancouver strip club. Patrick Wa Patrick Wa's career save percentage 9.10. Martin Brodeur's career save percentage 9.12. Not only that, Dominic Hoshik, you know, Dominic Hoshik took a season off due to injury and then came back and was in the Vesna conversation two of the next three years and one of Jennings. Dear Lord. So, <laughs> and then you got Rocco in the chat saying Ken Dryden. Sure. You want to bring up Ron Hextall while you're at it? I don't know. Like <laughs> Ken <laughs> Dryden. I'm yes. He's around. A, <laughs> no, I know, but, but, but he's a, but I know like people, he's widely regarded, which I understand. Sure. But, but like, dude, not, not more not than that special. Yeah, not over. Raw. I'm sorry. It's raw. Wah, Hextall, and Brodeur. Not over. There. I mean, he he's not like Ken Dryden. Yes, he's very he's a very notable figure mm -hmm. in Montreal Canadiens history. Sure. Not not really all that spectacular. I would argue that Carey Price might yeah. be a little <laughs> you know higher on that ladder. One rung higher, maybe. Uh, let's move on. Although, Call just looking, Ken Dryden to I don't know just to just to do the research, right? He did win the Vesna Trophy five times. Okay. Stick taps so, to you, my friend. Not a bad mention, but again, the stats, like you won the Vesna with Dao's stats, like what is the rest of the league looking like? <laughs> yeah. And again, going with, you know, trying to be a little bit more contemporary. So yes. Sure. sure. Uh, dude, the Calder, if you rename that anything but the Solani, you're wrong. Yeah. Solani's a good call. I mean, dude. Dude, what do you have like 119 points or something <laughs> yeah and and i think if you really like if you're really into if you're really into the theatrics of everything right mm -hmm. his his best season in the league was his rookie year christ almighty how is that even possible <laughs> right it, it just i mean he should have retired kind of after sorcery that. is that <laughs> i know yeah. dude just you know like dropped it after one year and been like i'm out bitches gonna eat lunch on this for the next rest of my life Right, so if you just, like, again, if you're into the theatrics of it, you know. Dude. Oh, by the way, for those of you joining live, just want to let you know, uh, checking into our affiliates, uh, Tampa Bay, Arizona is tied at 16-16, 10 minutes to go in overtime. Uh, the Adams Award, dude, again. Coach of the year, right? Yeah, coach of the year, dude. It, I mean, Bowman is the sexy pick, but I think you, I think the argument should be made for Pat Quinn. Scotty Bowman. Yes. Nine most Stanley Cups as a head coach. Hey now. He's got nine. To me, right there, that's it. And also, again, five Stanley Cups in the 70s with the Canadians, then snagged up one with the Penguins in the early 90s, and then late 90s and early 2000s, three with the Red Wings. So 
record for most cups as a coach, cups with multiple teams, cups in different decades. Well, and and dude, how many uh, was there ever a season that he wasn't in the playoffs? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. There were uh one. Two <laughs> was that the season that Lidstrom was out for the no, year? <laughs> one. Okay, so one. So one he, year. So he yeah, and he coached for was that when Pavel Datsut Lech? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. He coached for thirty seasons and he made twenty-eight playoff appearances. <laughs> Hold on. Missed the playoffs one of those times. Another time he was fired, and a third time he quit. <laughs> <laughs> that is outstanding, dear lord, dude. So yeah, like it's, I said, it's the Bowman. Cu- yeah, cups with m- most cups as a coach, cups with multiple teams, cups in multiple decades, and oh. also, also to really put the cherry on top of the cherry, his his first three. Because his first head coaching job was with the St. Louis Blues. He coached them for three years before he quit. Went to the cup final every year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. The Selkie. This is our last one. Um, I, I mean, this might be a little too contemporary, but I can't think of a better name than Bergeron. I think, you know what? There's there's a there's another player that really come there's a player that comes to mind that played semi recently that I think would be a sleeper pick. And hero ah, or sleeper, their name escapes me, but Bergeron is a good pull. I mean, he's won it. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. He's won it five times, you know? So that's, I feel like, yeah. Uh, okay. I got it. And and this is definitely a sleeper pick. Maybe a bit heroic. All right. Uh, Yuri Lettinen, who played for Dallas. Yes. He won. He won the Selkie three times. He is the only forward. I'm sorry. He's the only winger since 1992, 1991, excuse me, to win the Selkie, and he won it three times. Every winner since 1992 has been a center except for him. Yeah, I I think that would give you a little bit of extra cachet. And, you know, if you, you know, if you care about that sort of thing, which we do here, right? If if you care. His his worst plus minus season. We enjoy the minutia. So he his last season in the league he was minus eight, which again not great. But aside from that, if you remove that, his worst minus season, he was even. Mm-hmm. Never minus in his career except for the last season of his uh, career and the years that he didn't win the Selkie. He got Selkie votes in every season of his career except his rookie year and his last year. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like Yuri Lettinen is the pull. All right, dude. <laughs> so, well, and you know what? I, I think it's it's a great pull, and it's it's contemporary without being current. Yeah, he retired in 2008, <laughs> I think. So there you go. I like and, it. Yeah. See, we just rebuilt the NHL. You're welcome. Dude. Oh, let's go further. Six ways to make it better. Okay. Fix the point system. Yeah, go to international points. Three oh, re- explain th- the international point system to the peoples while I uh, send the kids off to school. So 
the basically what it is is you get three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, uh, one point for an overtime or a shootout loss, and zero points for a regulation loss. And what this does is it it incentivizes winning in regulation, right? Which that should be. I mean, considering regulation wins are the tiebreaker, you would think you want to incentivize uh, winning in regulation. The other thing, and you know, there's for some people, for some reason, people are really kind of, I don't know, they don't like the idea of teams of every team having a bunch of points, which I don't really understand. But even if you want to play that route, then you can do modified international rules where you still do two for a regulation win and and uh, you know, and I don't know, take away the point for losing in overtime in a shootout. But I, I still think the oh, the Olympic and the international method of doing it, I still think is the best way to do it because, again, you're incentivizing winning in regulation, which, I mean, that's the tiebreaker. You'd think you'd want to do that. I just, I know that there's, I, I used to be a big proponent of going to three-point system just because mm-hmm. uh, it, it's stupid. It makes no sense that some games are worth three points and some games are worth two. Yeah, I, I think the only the only scenario where I'm okay with getting a point for losing in overtime is if you get different points depending on whether you win or win in regulation or overtime. Because again, right, like you said, if you win in regulation, that's only a two-point game. But if you go to overtime, there's a third point that manifests out of thin air. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like, do you think there should uh, almost be like a, a an, another column added? So I, like I said, I think it's it's either you know international, which again you know three in reg, two in overtime, one if you lose in overtime, and zero if you lose in regulation, or keep it the way it is and just dump the point for losing in overtime. Well, I I was very much kind of I I feel like it's stupid that we have three, two, and one, but then I've seen the numbers run and it doesn't change things, standings that dramatically, at least dramatically enough to really make a change. The thing that it does kind of, you know, throw a monkey wrench in is that without the charity point, as a lot of people love calling it, some teams are out of it by Christmas, whereas mm-hmm. that charity point keeps them in maybe a little bit longer than they should be. I'm not a fan of artificial hype and manufacturing excitement, but I understand it from a business aspect. Teams want to be in it as long as possible. So for that, I would say you either keep the current system or you go to you go backwards and you say, you know, two for a victory, nothing for a loss. I don't care how you lose. Well, and right, which I again, I would support either way, but to the point that you're making, if you go back to the 2015 playoffs, um I'm sorry, the 2016 playoffs, excuse me, or 15-16 season. Vancouver was one of the worst teams in the league. 
but, but they were be, ridiculous well, dude, uh, they charity lost points. In, they lost in overtime 13 times. <laughs> and so they stuck around for far longer than they should have. Dude, you know what this it's funny that we're talking about this because as we're talking about it, you know, I've kind of got the horse eye on the uh overtime football game that's occurring right now. And the thing that grinds my gears with that is the fact that a team with a losing record can win their division and get a home playoff game in the first round. Sure. Uh, Even though you have a losing record, like that's bullshit. That needs to be fixed. So to that, another way to make the NHL better, let's go back to conference playoffs. Mm -hmm. I beg of you. I am tired of seeing two really good teams go at it in the first round and one of them has to go home and yet some you know slap dick as jerk likes to say somehow slides in like i it it doesn't make sense let's i don't want to go 1 through 16 i think that would be horrible the traffic or the the travel would be horrific and I, I like the conference because I think that lends itself better to those uh, th- those kind of rivalries that the NHL were kind of trying to artificially manufacture by keeping it in division in the first two rounds. Because I'm sorry, as a Sharks fan coming up through the 90s, through the 2000s, through today, um, dude, in the first... Five, in 1997, I wasn't, if somebody asked me in 1997, what NHL team do you hate? I wasn't saying Anaheim or LA. I was saying motherfucking Detroit, right? That's why I, I feel would, like Detroit, St. Louis, and Calgary are kind of the but, contenders right there. Well, in the first 15 years of the Sharks' existence, this this was kind of like my my sliding scale of teams that I hate. It was it was Detroit, there was Calgary, there was Dallas, mm-hmm. there was Colorado, there was St. Louis. You know, well, and they've played, and you know what they the Sharks they have, have played, played St. Louis, right? St. St. Louis, Detroit, and Colorado are the top three teams that the Sharks have played in the playoffs. None of them in their division, right? right? And yet, some of the best rivalries yeah dude so that's that's my my big bone of contention that you you've tried this for 15 years or whatever it's been this the or how long is it 10 years uh nine this year's the ninth season yeah okay stop it (laughs) go back to one through eight i do you know an extra 40 minutes in the airplane is not going to be the end of the world for the team no you know what i mean so we need to get back to conference play. Um, eliminate the trapezoid finally. Mm-hmm. You know, that pissed me off when they introduced it because it seemed to be like, oh, we're going to try to, I don't know, even the scales because there are some goalies that suck when they leave their crease and don't know what the hell they're doing. And so we're going to penalize the teams that have good goalies. Like I hated that because... Every time Marty Turco would leave his crease, it was an adventure, not to be missed. And 
the fact that the trapezoid took stuff like that away from me, I've always had a problem with that. And it, it's, it's just time. It is just time. Get rid of the trapezoid. Let's have a little more. I mean, let's be honest. The, the NHL, they want to add more goals, right? I mean, when was the last time you saw this many goals scored through this many games in a season? Dude. Yeah, it's been a while. The last two years, goal scoring has been way up. So, yeah, let's increase it even more. Let's let's throw that little, uh, you know, let's put that little hook, that little worm on the hook in the corner of the, uh, of the ice and say, come here, goalie, come get it. <laughs> Don't worry. The puck isn't going to bite you. You can handle this fine. You'll totally be able to shove it up the side of the board to your defenseman. No, you won't make a mistake. Yeah, let's get goalies out of the creases, for Christ's sake. Um, allow teams to retain more salary and trades. I don't know that I agree with this one. That one, I don't feel like I really have a strong opinion on. You know what I mean? I feel like whatever happened, I don't know that I would think about it all that much. I just, I wonder if there are certain teams that they would, if they could retain a hundred percent. That would be, that would be ridiculous. No, okay. but, that, but that's what was being proposed. You know, it's like retain up to 100%. And it's just kind of like, well, shit. I mean, if you're going 100%, that means like a, a guarantee of a first rounder, right? I mean, that you can't even Easily. make that. I was going to say, you can't even have that discussion. Well, and I think they would have they would have to create some kind of function where it's like, oh, you can only retain 100% if the player is on an expiring deal. Yes, there you go. Okay, see, I like where your head's at there. Yeah, there has to be a little bit more to it. I would, you know, I was thinking seventy-five at the most, and and right where you're at, like there still needs to be some, shall we say, extenuating circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, uh-huh. uh huh. Another way to make it better, Pierre LeBron says, move up the start of free agency. He's been saying that forever. I, you know what it is? It's because it pisses him off that he needs to work on uh, July first. What, what is that for Canada? Wham. What is that? Was that Canada Day? There you go. Yeah, but then okay, but then after July first, then it's he, three days later after, it's July fourth. Well, no, but after <laughs> after July first, after July first, him and people like him don't have to work again until the middle of September. Find me, find me a job where you get <laughs> where you get ninety school days teacher, off. School teacher, school teacher. Yeah, but find me a job where you get ninety days off like that. No, I feel you. But I think this ties into another point that he was making was let's get the Stanley Cup awarded by May 31st or essentially, you know, Memorial Day, which. Yeah, that's which, been his shtick for a long time. But I do kind of agree with that, too. I don't understand why we start the NHL so late, in my opinion. You well, know, like, why, why aren't we starting this like September 21st? Like well, part, start part camp it, Labor Day and let's get things going on September 21st because it would be a perfect tie-in to what is September 21st? It's the first day of fall. Correct. So let's roll. Well, and and part of it is that as the playoffs go on, the NHL sprinkles in a lot more what I would call what I would call unnecessary days off, and that's kind of what jams things up to a degree. Sure. I don't know. I've. There's a couple of things, if you're talking about making changes to the NHL, there's a couple of things that I've thought about personally. And it, again, I don't know that anybody who's a loyal listener, I don't think is going to really hear this and be like, oh man, I've never heard this before. Because we've talked about it before. But like, 
we've talked about applying the same rules that you would for an icing to puck over glass. Um, one of the ones, and I know somebody mentioned in the chat, making overtime 10 minutes and then going to a shootout. Um, but the one that I kind of have been on for a while and I think, you know, could, could be in line with trying to increase scoring as you're talking about is say you have a penalty that rolls over into the next period start that period in the offensive zone for the team on the power play. I love that idea. Yeah. Is it like, like, I don't, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like that almost sounds like, so like, how was that? How did that not start that way? Like, well, like it seems so obvious. Right. Cause again, cause like if you take a, you know, if you take a, if you get a power play with less than two minutes in the period, it's basically like, okay, if we don't score, we're going to lose most of our momentum here. Yeah, but it's just, it, it also takes away, it promotes offense, and it takes away the idea of, like, you could see a coach saying, you know, like, if there's something happening in a particular game and there's, I don't know, uh, 40 seconds left, it's whatever you do, don't take a, you know, penalty or whatever because they're going to start in their zone. Just keep, you know, I love that idea, dude. Well, and so and so let me ask you this, and this sort of version of it is not as popular as the first one. But what are what would be your thoughts on so say let's just say you take a penalty, right? Mm -hmm. And there and with with ninety seconds left, just to make it super easy, with ninety seconds left, you take a penalty. In in the game or in a period? Uh in a period. Okay. So what if, say, you play that full two-minute power play, and then whatever time you go over the end of the period... Oh, it's deducted from the next period. Subtract it from the next period. I, I, I get, because, I again, in the I name of not you're... killing momentum. Yeah, no, I get where your head's at, but the only reason why I push back on that is because it's not as if it's th that they can play... And say that with, I don't know, a, you know, a minute 30 left in the third, mm -hmm. they don't score. I mean, they're still going to get 30 seconds of time in the overtime, right? Sure. So I don't, mm, what I don't are your, okay, that. let me ask, what are your thoughts on, say, okay, say, say, say the Sharks are losing, you know, two to three, let's just say. And they take a power play at the end of the game. What are your thoughts on? And let's say there's less than two minutes left. Say, say there's again ninety seconds left, and they take a and they get a power play for two minutes. What are your thoughts on the power play clock becoming the game clock, where the end of the game is now the end of the power play instead of the end of the regular game clock? I I I kind of love the idea. I don't <laughs> think there's any fucking way in hell it'll play. <laughs> 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 but I love the idea, dude. Like it, it's kind of like, yeah, let's get gnarly up in here. Let's get a little radical. And that's and that's a and that's kind of that's a little bit of what you see in soccer. Like say, you know, say you get five minutes of extra time. Well, if they're if you're in if you're at five twenty of extra time, but the team that's trailing is running the ball, <sighs> they're gonna see what happens. No, I lo I love the idea. I think it's too radical for the NHL, but I fucking <laughs> love the idea. <laughs> We're not well, ready for it. the NHL's not ready. Yo, for that. dude, no, it is very like you know that that's very much NHL four K. 
Right. Um, oh, I, I want to address something that Ian put in the chat. He said it was never one through eight. Correct, because the the winners of the divisions were automatically seeded one, two, three. So there were. Oh so, well, okay. So you could so the so ostensibly the fifth best team in the conference would get the third seed. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so yeah, clear that up. I, I appreciate that, but yeah, e- either way, go back to what it was before now because it's just God, is it annoying? But I, I like the idea of saying, you know what, let's move. Oh, by the way, Tampa won. <laughs> uh, let's move the um. <clears throat> excuse me the the start of the season and and get that cup awarded by Memorial Day weekend. Again, I think September twenty first is Chef's kiss start of fall you can make a big hoopla about it you know it's like oh start of fall that means it's the start of hockey boom you can figure that out uh and then finally so if you know obviously if you can do all that you move up the start of free agency but again july 1st who gives a shit i mean again this sounds like a guy who's okay you know what hey pierre lebron okay we'll move up the start of free agency one day the 30th how does that help you Mm-hmm. Right? Am right. I am I wrong? No, you're right. <laughs> so it's like, all right, quit your bitching, Pierre. Ooh, Barracuda. Oh, watch how fucking fast we get through this. <laughs> Two games the Cuda played, both in Abbotsford, finishing off a five-game road trip where they lost every fucking single game. A six-two loss with goals by Agazino and Bordalo. Eklund bagged two helpers, the first one, a 6-3 loss to Abbotsford with goals by, again, Agazino, Verno, and Gushkin, Johnson, and what's his name again? Kinajev? Kinyajev. Kinyajev, and then the other one, Nikolai. Kinyajev. Jesus, can we just get rid of one of those guys? (laughs) But either way, Johnson and who? What? Johnson, Luke Johnson, and who's the Ag- other guy? Agaz- Agazino? No, Kinyajev? Kinyajev. Kinyajev. Jesus. Okay, let's not go through the lacy school of pronunciation and say we did. Uh, so, anyway, they both bagged two assists. The Cuda are going to host three straight to finish off. Oh, two, or I'm sorry, oh, two, Jesus. 22. One against Bakersfield, a pair against Coachella. We'll have Ian Reed on uh, one of the next couple shows to dive a little deeper into this CUDA team that has right now one win in their last seven games. Yikes. Seventh in a division, losing record. It's not good. Tweet of the week is kind of a fun one because I'm kind of using my own on this. Let's just put it this way. During the game against Calgary, there was a fan that let an official know that he was he he wasn't that thrilled. Let's hear from that fan and see what happened. Radim Shemical head to the box. That's gonna be a hold, I do believe. Wow. 
<laughs> did y'all hear that? It's like, you're horrible. Get off the ice. Nobody wants you there. <laughs> Very aggressive. Dude, I, I, to be honest, I would have been like, okay, sitting next to this guy was like the coolest part of my night because you know, they lost seven to three. So to go back and watch the game, I'm like, oh, that would have been so cool to have been like, yeah, that was my seatmate and it was awesome. It was fantastic. So uh, that was our tweet of the week and I fucking enjoyed it. Did I miss anything before we move on to the giveaway stuff? I mean, we're already over two hours, so why not go further? Uh, the, remember how we it, thought? The remember, tum, remember the ten minutes. Rumbling, that's why we don't go further. The what? The tummy is. Rumbling, oh, I was gonna say. Go no, I, I just thought it was funny. Like ten minutes into this, we were talking about, yeah, let's make it a short yeah, show a short and then show. go to Discord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be fun? I even have a rant and everything. Um, here, here, here's my rant in ten seconds. Can we stop play, saying so and so dusts it off? Dust does not accumulate on a puck and play. Thank you. All right. Get Giveaway details. <laughs> what? I said, get off my lawn. <laughs> Giveaway details. I, dude, we've done so many of these. I've sent so many out. I fucking, I don't even know. What, was Vlasic involved in this week's one? I've, I've forgotten, dude. Yeah, this week it was. No, <laughs> that was last week. Okay, see, this, that's where, my, where week, I'm at. This week was how many shots on goal will Timo Meyer have? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. And so how... Many goals. Oh, here we go. We have to do the shots on goal. Oh, shots on goal. I'm sorry. How many many goals goals did did Timo Meyer have? So, Timo Meyer this week, (laughs) in two games, Timo Meyer had nine shots on goal. I'm sorry. In two games, he had nine. That's it? Yep. Jesus Christ. I felt like he was getting that. Every period. That's what it seemed like at one point. Yeah, dude. What do you got there? Snickers? Yeah, right. No, I'm. Uh, <laughs> I um, my uh, my mother-in-law put some nerds in my stocking, oh, so, I was get- so I was getting into that. Way to go, mom. <laughs> um. So yeah. Oh man. Fucking uh, nine. That's it. That's yeah. That's... Okay. How many people went over? How many guesses over? Oh, went over nine. Yeah. One, two, oh, three, f- uh, eight. Eight people went over nine. Wow. See, and I would have been right there with you. Four people were under nine. Oh! Two people said nine. Oh, shit. Okay, do we got to spin the wheel? It sounds like we, we got to spin the wheel again. All right. Um, And I just want to, I just saw this hop in. Uh, I see Rocco in the chat. I've also just gotten a notification Rocco. that Rocco has followed the Teal Town account. So we thank you very, very much for that. Shout out to Rocco. Yeah, big time shout out. Again, for everybody who has joined us, we hope you had a very Merry Christmas. You don't have to support the show tonight. This one's for you. But in the future, if you want to help us out on the YouTube chat or better yet, using Venmo, you can find us at Teal Town USA. Helps keep the show free that we can ramble on for two hours and not have to, you know, put the brakes on it for 90 seconds or whatever we go. You know, here's the app that will help you win money that nobody else is, you know, that somehow Vegas has overlooked, (laughs) you know, like this, here's the one way that you can win money that Vegas hasn't figured out how to take from you already in the 80 years that they've already been there. Sure. Okay. But yeah, we're not going to put the brakes on for that. All right. 
Wheel picker. I got to, oh, there it is. Wheel of names. All right, so we have two names. Whip them out. Uh, you can just give me the first letter of each because we don't want to, like, you know, jam anybody up. So the first one is L. L. And the second one is B. B. Okay. So L and B. And as we did last time, and I will do it this time, I'm going to take video of this in case any anybody wants it documented. So you can see me holding my phone. We are hitting the spinnies. Okay, taking video. And where's the start? Oh, click to spin. Here we go, <laughs> baby. And you know what? It's gonna be a it's gonna be a lengthy spin like it was last week. So we want to take this time to tell you about our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you right? No, it was um, you know, I I uh, truthfully I was a little right. skeptical it's... on the idea of doing a show uh, on Christmas, but this has been a lot of fun. All right, it's coming down. Oh, here we go. We're beep, slow, beep, 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 we're beep. slowly. L L L is not holding. It just went over to B, and I don't think L's going to get there. And waiting for the fireworks. Waiting for the fireworks. The crackle, crackle. And boom, we have a winner. That winner is B. There you go. So Brian Boulanger, or Boulanger, if you were of the... French variety. Oh, yeah, Francais. Laurel, uh, we apologize, but uh, that's the way the wheel spins some days. Again, if you want confirmation uh, of what the choice was, I will send it to you because you'll be able to match it up with my phone and my voice to know that that shit was for, in fact, real. What? I'm sorry. I've already forgotten. What the hell are we giving away this week? What did they uh, win? Was this the Beerstein? Yes, it's the, yeah, the Beerstein that's signed by Brent Burns. There you go. All right, um, so we're not doing a giveaway this week, Boo. Boo. <laughs> simply because, um, to be fair, to be honest, um, Hockey Jerk hasn't sent out shit. That is correct. I, you know, so uh, I'm off work this whole week. I'm hoping that this is going to be my opportunity to go small through box, my dude. Small to box. go through my bins and and pick out some swag that I can part with. Yeah, small box, a couple of things in there. But the one thing I do want to say though, because again, like I said, we could we may continue this through Martin Luther King Day, President's Day, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, through the end of the season. Hey, actually, you know what? I've got a good one. Let's try to continue this if we can until the E is next to the shark's name on the, uh, <laughs> the standings. You know what I mean? I do know Wh what you mean. Which may in fact be by Valentine's Day. I'm surprised you think it'll take that long. I'm just saying. I'm I'm trying oh. to be, a, uh, dude. I'm trying to be an optimist. <clears throat> uh, but you know what we we also have? What do we have? We still have one more of these bad boys. Oh my gosh! Hey, uh, retro a little, lunchbox, baby. A hey, little birdie dude, told me back here. Can you see it? The Doug Wilson banner. Shark, oh, the seal scarf. Sh shark seal scarf, baby. So what you're saying is that we this, have things. So what you're saying is the season of giveaways is not over. We're just taking a we're taking pause. A, a, a little a little pause for the cause, a little hiatus for a week. 
uh, we need to, we want to reconfigure, uh, we want to reset, retool. We're not going to rebuild because that's not in the shark's way, but we're going to reset. We're going to retool and, uh, we're going to figure out how to get hockey jerks box a little full. Wow. Mm -hmm. that, that hockey jerks box a little, full. that I feel like that could have been phrased better, but that's okay. Who? So. Anything else? Um, anything else? Uh, once we get off the air, I'm gonna do a scouring of Google Maps and nice. see if any of my local drive-through options are <laughs> open for Christmas I, I, Day. I, dude, I found that Jack in the Box and Carl's Jr. generally Christmas time openers. I'm just saying. So let's see. So we'll do this live on air. We got no, 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 no. Hey, no, that's a Discord <laughs> conversation. Ao saying, don't need to win anything. Just fun hanging out here on the show, dude. So, dude, so awesome, so cool. Appreciate it. Love it. So we'll come up huge. with some a huge. We'll come up with uh, some. See, this is the other thing is we're also going to take a week to find because we we've literally run out of contest ideas. So <laughs> we're, we're jerk and I are going to have a little brainstorm session. So, coming up this week, once the holiday session is over, the Sharks are going to start a heavy week playing at Vancouver. Then they're going to host Philly. Then, back-to-back games in Dallas and Chicago. And that Chicago game is next Sunday. So, that means, you guessed it, another After Dark Takeover. Jerk's favorite. But it is, in fact, Jerk's favorite because this is a 4 o'clock start time, which means we will be on the air before our normal 7 o'clock start time. Huge. Huge. <laughs> so look for us next Sunday. Happy New Year's Day, the first day of 2023. Look for us on the air probably around quarter to seven, give or take ish. five. Yeah, ish. Give or take five. But either way, before our normal 7 o'clock start time. But remember, there's going to be those other games. So check out the After Dark Post Game Casts. Always feature Puck Guy, Ian, Landy, Dana, Mark. Who knows who else is going to make a show on there? You can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong, but don't. It's fine. I, you I, can, but you probably shouldn't. Yeah. I have enough followers. Believe me, I'm I'm good. Don't need any more. Uh, but remember, if anything, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave your take in the comment section of this video if you were not able to join us live. If you were able to join us live, still, if you got a good take in there, drop it in there. You can find links to all of our social media, podcast apps, more. They'll be included in the show notes, and you can get everything on tealtownusa.com. If you want to hit up that Discord party room that we were talking about earlier, Hockey Jerk is the man. He is the chief of chiefing. He is the deacon of the Discord. You can find him at hockey underscore jerk on Twitter. That's how you will get your laminate for the VIP access for our Discord room. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to share with the good people that decided to waste two hours and 15 minutes of their time to join us on this beautiful holiday evening? Uh, I would just like to say, obviously, we, you know, Every week that you guys continue to show up is super appreciative and super awesome. And Big the fact that. that the fact that today is Christmas Day, those feelings of appreciation, I feel like are tenfold, you know, tenfold. 
And so, you know, we really appreciate it, obviously appreciate the support and everything. I mean, I, this is, it, it's still crazy to me that we've, you know, this is our seventh season doing the Pucknologist podcast. And yeah, but our, our second, gotten... our, really our second real season. You know what I mean? <laughs> Too much? Sure. But my point, my point is, is that, you know, we've been doing this for seven seasons and not only have the OGs not lost interest, but we've increased our following. And so I think that's really cool because at the end of the day, particularly over the last two years, <laughs> but because at the end of the day, I mean, you and I are just two guys, right? Oh, that just, two, that two, are just bullshitting. Uh, dude, your slap, I'm dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so we super appreciate it. You know, whatever, whichever holiday you're celebrating, I hope you had a good time with your family, friends, by yourself, whatever your preference is. And um, we'll see you in the next one. We'll see you next year. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we actually will. But don't forget, dude, in just two hours and 45 minutes from now, so get them out there quick while you still can. Two hours, 45 minutes from now is the birthday of one senior puck guy. That is true. Puck guy's birthday coming up. Dude. So be sure to send him a note uh, once the clock hits midnight. Uh, yeah, he's probably already snoring. Tends to do that from time to time. So, Which is okay. Yeah, yeah. Fire the note. Fire the note. In fact, you know what? Join us on Discord in just a few minutes. You might hear it live. It it, it could happen. We're not sure. <laughs> But to everybody, in fact, let's name check some folks for because, dude, appreciate you so much for joining us tonight. Laurel, Felix, Sharka, uh, Shaka. Sh oh, I'm sorry, Shaka, Shaka, Shaka. What what am I thinking of? Boom Shaka Laka. No, 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 Mister Loverman Shaka. Come on, <laughs> okay. you don't remember that that reggae track? No. Oh, damn it, Ao. Mikey J, I saw Marty T in here earlier. Rocco, like I said earlier, thanks for the follow Bozo on the Thoros. Bozo Thoros. Uh, yeah, Mikey J, we do. Uh, Ian, Ian Reed, who's that guy? <laughs> RM Lowry, I'm in. Dude, what up? So, uh, everybody who joined in the chat, by Brightcar75. I believe. Okay, wait, but don't move any further. I want to. I want to quickly double check here. Yeah, right here. Uh, Bry Car. Is it? Is this? Is this somebody uh, sliding in using an alias? Bry no, Bry Car seventy five, who was in the chat at one point in time. I don't know if they still are. Bry Car seventy five is our big winner. Oh hell yeah! Cool. Oh oh, see, so that's why they were so talkative. <laughs> uh brandon see you out there dude i feel like that chick from romper room that's i see you and i i see michael molasses <laughs> and it's oh see i probably shouldn't talk in that voice because somebody wants to cancel me because pj48 yeah pj48 ricky ricky. ricky b uh who else is up in here tonight christopher oh yeah i saw ho getting some talk back and forth good chatter on the text line brother samp who seemed to be real into it hot and early is brother samp does that look like my local pastor or am i wrong looks like she's yeah. wearing a collar i don't know uh maddie dude 
been a while, hot minute since we talked to Maddie. Missed that dude. So anyway, everybody. Oh, we got another one. Who? Uh, Ms. LJ. Ms. Shout LJ. Out. Ms. LJ bringing in all the cool emojis. Dig that. So we thank you so much for spending your evening of Christmas <laughs> with us. Okay. What happened? So I got to wrap us up here. So oh, puck guy's uh, sleeping. Oh shit! Well, big real. So so one of the <laughs> so uh, one of the people that you name checked, Shaka. Uh, you Shaka. said oh, all the who Shaka. Shaka. So he so he or she or they whatever whatever their whatever their preferences. Uh, Do not disparage the name. name. Uh, they are uh, they are one of the people in our Discord server. Again, if you want in, oh sweet. If they want in, DM me and and we'll talk it out. <laughs> oh, crap, but they're already like dumping on me in, in no, Discord. No, they they said they said because of AJ, I'm going to change my name to Sharka. <laughs> <laughs> Do not be that easily manipulated, Shaka. Don't be that easily manipulated. <laughs> so uh, that's the kind of that's the kind of fun that you can get in the Discord. The the converse AJ says it all the time, and it's kind of a kind of a cheesy tagline, but it's a hundred percent true. The conversation literally, literally never stops. And, and, and again, it, it it it's not a Sharks Discord server. It's a Discord server for the community of this podcast. So if you go in there and you're wondering, hey, I wonder what kind of music AJ listens to. It's like, Put it in there. I, what, like yeah, like what uh, what music does Jerk listen to? What tequila was AJ drinking tonight? Well, there you go. We, yeah. we can get into these things. If you have a picture of an adorable animal, there's a channel oh, for that. Dude. If there's a certain television show or movie or video game you're excited for, there's a chat for that. It's it's for the community of the podcast, not just the sharks. But it really it no, it really begins with the pet channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many kitties you have in the house right now? Three. As do I. Yeah. There you go. See it all. It's a, I think what we're trying to say is that Bo Jerk and I, we get a lot of pussy. <laughs> you see what Brycar said? What did I win? LOL. <laughs> are, are, are you serious? You don't even know, bro? Fuck <laughs> are you here for then? <laughs> Why did you enter? <laughs> and Laurel just got the prize. <laughs> hey, actually, you know what? I Dude, I think I can pull that off. I can't. Okay, so the prize for this week. Okay, this is good, dude. I'm I'm so fucking doing this. I don't care. Okay. Let me see. All right. So, Bry, the the prize for this week, refresh my memory, was the 25th anniversary beer stein autographed by one Brent Burns. Yay? Correct. All right. You know what? Fuck it. I'm doing this. Oh, we're calling an audible here, folks. Dude, big time audible. Exact same beer stein is going to go to Laurel. But it just happens to be a different signature on it. Want to know who it is? I think I know. Give me your favorite three-two, baby. Yep. Alex Stalock. There is no key for the Stalock. No key ever, baby. <laughs> so you know what, Laurel? It might not Sam- be the signature that you want, but it's going to be the beer stein that you're loving. So, you know AJ what? AJ Claus. Right see, that's it. AJ Claus up in here. You know what? We're all winners, is what I'm saying. That See, that feels good. That warms the cockles of the heart. I feel like I just slid down a chimney. You know, 
there you go. So that's that's so cool. Uh, were those your final thoughts? <laughs> it's been so long yeah. since I asked. I fucking forgot. All right. All uh, I got. Huh? I said that's all I got. Okay. Um, I'm um, I'm still here. Not really sure why, but we're going to do this again. This We thank you so much for joining us again. It's Christmas, so Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Again, I'm not here to uh, offend anybody, uh, at least on purpose. So if I didn't say the right, what'd you say? It was, uh, Happy Kwanzaa. What, what were all the other ones? Uh, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, nothing at all. There you go. So, holiday, happy December, whatever, you know, whatever you're celebrating, we're happy that you're happy. <laughs> yeah. Atheist stuff in here, what's up? <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us on, on Christmas. And we will see you for the very first day of 2023 next Sunday. But again, remember, Jerk's favorite, After Dark Takeover. So going to be on a scotch earlier so as we always try to do in case you missed us during the live show you want to hear it again whatever find us on your favorite podcast platform but youtube is always pretty much the way to go at least for us because we do incorporate a lot of video elements we don't want to you know bum out the audio only crew we try to limit those but there are some video elements. So if you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, tell a friend, we would certainly appreciate it. And remember, you can always comment on those YouTube videos. We'll always get back to you in the comment section. So with that, uh, jerk, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Same to you. And, uh, and it feels like, Oh my God, we're not going to talk for a week. Let's be honest. We're probably going to talk in about 10 minutes on Discord. Uh, we'll see. I mean, Hockey Jerk <laughs> just threw up the... Uh... There, I did throw up the link. There are, as I mentioned, there there are a certain, uh, shall we say, provider of onion rings that might be getting a call from me. Oh, send them my <laughs> way, baby. So that's going to be something <laughs> we're going to explore. All right, so... Let's wrap it up here. We thank you so much for watching, listening, hanging out with us on a Christmas evening. We will see you next Sunday following Sharks at Blackhawks. Have a fun and safe new year, everyone. And until next time.